What an amazing day to do Hotline League episode 173. We did not make it out of the Rumble stage in North America. We're going to talk about that. Everybody will have this moment to, uh, you know, we can all talk about our feelings on this show. That's part of the reason this show exists. We can all open up. I'm joined right now by my constant co-host, Mark Zimmerman. How's it going, Mark? Good. Yeah, you hanging in there? Do you need to talk about your feelings, buddy? I feel great. Yeah? I am so excited to repeat the same talking points I've been saying for five years. You told me <laughs> that you wanted this to be a drinking stream, so I'm just a little worried for you. Apparently, I asked for it to be a drinking stream, but I'm the only one who's uh, drinking right now. Well, I'm drinking Game Fuel, by the way, our sponsor. Thank you to Game Fuel for sponsoring the show. Thank you to Alienware for sponsoring the show. We're going to talk more about them later. Mark has um, some sort of alcoholic beverage, which, importantly, is not a category covered by the Game Fuel sponsorship, so I think we're safe. Um, <laughs> okay. uh, joining us for just uh, the start of the show, maybe if there's 30 minutes or so, is Emily Rand. How's it going, Emily? I'm doing very well, actually. Yeah, great. Well, I'm, I'm glad to hear that because you and I have an announcement we'll be making in just a second. But let's build some more audience first. I don't know if we've we we've given Mark the freeze frame that he wants yet to tweet about the show, but maybe. Oh, I just forgot to do it. No, it's I'm okay. Drunk. It's okay. We've got a scam train going anyway. Emily, what's been going on with you? How how have you been feeling about MSI? I don't know if you have you actually let's put it this way. Emily, have you been doing anything that is not MSI or MSI related content coverage right now? Um, I'm working on some stuff for the beginning of the LCS split that I'm actually really excited about because I feel like and you guys have talked about this on the show before, but one of the things that we could do a better job on broadcasts doing is building better player narratives. And I feel like that was my strength uh, when I wrote a lot more like long form features. So I hope that I can bring that to this summer and at least talk some more about players as people rather than like, here's where they fit in a, in a list or, or whatever, you know? So, um, because you know how much I hate any sort of ranking or predictions. Chat, so, uh, chat, yeah. is, chat is very excited about that. I will say when I said this, I was trying to, to decide if you were doing anything non-League of Legends related. If you oh. started a new book, <laughs> you'd seen a movie, you'd gone on a trip, um, you enjoyed a restaurant, you cooked or took no. up a new hobby. I do not have a life, actually. Um, I, Well, I've been drawing more. Uh, so for anyone who doesn't know, I... um was a double major in college. So one of them was journalism and the other was fine arts. And I'm an oil painter. And I was actually a half finished oil painting. I painted for like one of my closest friends back there. And he's uh, a BMX racer or he used to be a professional BMX racer. Um, but yeah, like I've been drawing a little bit more, I guess is like the only thing. Like I was doing some random figure drawing kind of stuff. I don't know if you can even see that because it's like yeah, all cool. drawing. But yeah, so I, I have been doing that actually. Um, there we go. Really That's something. I'm glad. I just sometimes I feel like I need to check in on you and make sure that you are <laughs> doing true. something other than waking up and like looking at jungle pathing charts or something. I watch a lot of League of Legends. Yes. Yeah. Mark, how about you? Anything, anything non-League of Legends related? Here's something Emily will appreciate. I finally got a Funimation subscription and I started watching One Direct Priority. 
and it's nice good. it's really really that good i'm so like good i'm like seven episodes in i think something around that yeah i that, i that. definitely approve that show was the definitely the best thing i've seen this year thus far yeah i i'm definitely getting madoka magica vibes i know the ending's gonna fucking hurt <laughs> okay anyway no spoilers even for <laughs> anime that I'll never Travis watch. already checked out of this conversation. Yeah, I mean, I was hoping that there'd be... I don't know. Um, no, I mean, I was getting up at 6 a.m. and going into hot tubs to cover League of Legends. So, you know, obviously... Yeah, well, okay, so by the way, Mark and I have been doing that. We've been doing our hot tub streams. He missed today because the dive was scheduled on top of it. We had Raz come in. Thank you, Raz. Shout out to Raz for allowing us to do five days of it. Uh, and Avali actually did uh, hung out a lot on the stream today, which is great. She's been loaning us her home to do this, and so the hot tub streams have been fun. I'm a little sunburnt actually on my arms; uh, it's kind of red. I don't know if that shows up on the, the stream, but I don't know. Mark, did, wait, did Mark? Did you get any sunburn at all? Um, I got like a light one, but it's it's more like a tan. Like that, that's more how I tan is yeah. it's a light burn. So it's pretty good. LS is in the chat. He says sub with Twitch Prime. Shout out to LS. Appreciate appreciate. We uh, stole one of LS's topics for a hot tub stream topic, which maybe we can talk about more. I think we should also keep the hot tub thing going now that we have it. And in the future, just keep adding people. Like next time Worlds is in NA, we should do a hot tub stream, which is literally every Everybody. single person on broadcast who wants to show up. Yeah. Well, might require a pool instead of a hot tub, but I, I appreciate the sentiment. You can fit them in there. Uh, I Nobody ever asked me, but I have been playing Mass Effect Legendary Edition, which came out, and that's been uh, very cool, so shout out. I think I have to now legally say that I got my copy for free, but there, I've done it. I've met the FTC requirements, but I, I love Mass Effect, and I, I grew up playing it, and well, not grew up, I played it in college, and uh, it's still, I think, one of the greatest stories told in a video game, so I'm, I'm a big fan. Somebody says, who asked? Green, Travis? red, blue. The greatest story ever told. Okay, okay, no spoilers, no spoilers, no spoilers. That doesn't spoil anything. We, we, we've we talked, okay, whatever. This is Maybe this is something for the book channel, uh, which will be revived soon. Anyway, uh, thank you to the Scam Train and everybody who's uh, who's contributing to it. Somebody just gifted, Zamelsi gifted a sub to LS, which is very cool. All right, so part of the reason Emily's on, we're going to have a revenge on later on in the show. He's going to come on for the second half of the show. Part of the reason Emily's on, the major reason why Emily's on, is because her and I have been secretly working on a project for many months, uh, and it just apparently when you work with big companies, it can take a bit to get things off the ground. But it is something we're going to be doing together weekly, because we we used to work together at Yahoo, and this is cool for get, good opportunity for us to to come be partners on a project again. Emily, why don't you do the honors and tell people what it is oh, that we're going to do? This is so much pressure. Okay, so we have partnered with Spotify to do a weekly League of Legends podcast that is between 30 and 35 minutes, which is going to be the challenge for me personally, because if you know me at all or any of my content, I don't shut up and I like to write a lot of words. So it's gonna be a really big challenge, but the challenge for Travis is going to be that I am going to force him to talk about regions that are not North America. That's true. I'm going to lean heavily on Emily. She's going to be forcing me to. I'm going to have to learn what's going on with with LEC and all this stuff. I'm putting out my tweet now about it because uh, wait, you should you should do the same. 
Emily, we've oh. got some cool. Like, I'm did some so cool bad art. at this. This is what Travis is good at, actually. Is, I'm, yeah, um, I'm just a marketing machine. That's why is being like, yeah. yeah. I, I didn't even think of this. He messaged me five minutes before we came on, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. So, I don't know. I think honestly, when we're talking about the other regions, the podcast will be fun because it's going to be Emily educating me more on what's going on. Uh, I'm putting out tweets right now about what this is. One of the, the tweets that I'm putting out is that I, I wasn't sure about this. So they approached us about this, uh, at least for me, I think it was towards the end of last year, I think probably around the same time for you, Emily. And mm-hmm. uh, I was not sure about doing another League Esports show, show because at first I thought there are a million League Esports shows. Does the world need another League Esports show? Uh, but I think one of the things that I am really excited about is Twitch and YouTube make it so that you actually want to do these long shows, these like hour plus, oftentimes two hours or more shows like Hotline League, which means that everybody has a very long show. I have a long show. We're talking about this on one of my long shows or on the long show that I have. Mark is on the dive. Other creators have other stuff. Mm-hmm. One of the things I like about this, as Emily emphasized heavily, is we are not asking you to watch another two hour long show or listen to another two hour long League of Legends show. It's 30 minutes. Maybe if Emily goes on a rant about something, um, it's going to be a little longer. <laughs> something big happens in the LPL and I'm like, all right, yeah. I need to break this down. But it'll, maybe it'll be 35. Uh, but we are, we are pretty strong on committing to this being like, Hey, every week you listen to this, maybe you don't listen to LP or maybe you don't, normally get LEC coverage. Maybe you don't normally get LPL coverage, whatever. Now you can just come in in 30 minutes on your commute to work or something like that. You, you get the updates. So we, uh, we actually recorded the very first episode today. Emily, do you want to talk about what it is that we talked about on the show, which I believe is, uh, well, Pretty as obvious. you can guess, uh, we talked about the mid season invitational and, uh, Cloud9's demise. Obviously, we talked about all the other teams as well. I put in a huge plug for PSG Talon, my, like, not new fave, but I I wanted to highlight them because I think they have been playing really well and they have a very clear upward trajectory throughout this tournament. Unlike any other team here, I think we've seen the strengths and weaknesses we expected, but for PSG, we've seen kind of a steady improvement. So it's really cool. So I uh, I give a massive shout out to them, and then I have a nice rant at the end that I think yes. people appreciate or just think I'm an idiot. But, yeah. yeah. So the show the show called Rift Reaction. Uh, people were asking what's the theme, so it's called Rift Reaction in part because we are just like we take essentially a couple of the major hot topics for each week, we talk about them really quick, then we move on to the next one, and I think it's good discussion, but it's also not just like waxing philosophically it is very much like we've made show notes which is something i haven't done in a long time because hotline League just allows me and mark to let you make the show notes and uh and so we've been doing that we condense our thoughts into something and we we throw it out there it's i think it's pretty cool i i'm really happy with it emily and i work together again at, at yahoo and so this is kind of a fun thing for us to work together on people are asking when is it out it will normally be out on wednesdays this week, because it's the very first episode and we wanted to make sure it's polished and all that stuff, it will be out on Thursday. But I, I hope 
I hope that by Thursday morning, maybe even sooner, you can search Rift Reaction on Spotify. In fact, I guess I could check, but I think it's I think it's probably going to be up there tomorrow. And you can find it and you can follow it. The other thing which would really help me out, uh, and, and, I, and by the way, this is, I'm always asking for favors. Um, and that's what I'm doing here. Emily doesn't need that because she's just very talented. But they do, there's like some polling and some Q&A components of the show that you can do through the Spotify app. That stuff is really helpful because it shows Spotify that there's good engagement on it, et cetera, et cetera. So we'd love it if you could we could do that. I think our our first poll is about who's going to make it out of MSI. So whenever that mm -hmm. pops up, you can go check it out. But either way, very excited about it. Uh, I think I'm allowed to say... Well, they told I. I think I'm allowed to say it's a year-long deal, so it's pretty cool. Uh, it's it's it joins Alienware and Game Fuel as the third major brand partner that TGI has. Meanwhile, Emily's over there on the LCS broadcast, so I need everything I can get. But uh, pretty pretty excited. So thanks everybody. Yeah, it's exclusively on Spotify because Spotify is making it happen. So. Thank you to Spotify for doing all this stuff. And uh, I bet you Emily ends up plugging it on the LCS broadcast too, which is really cool. Maybe, yeah. I'm so bad at this, I will have to be reminded. Yeah. <laughs> I am the worst person at plugging anything I'm involved in. But I will try. It'll happen. They'll, they'll, Spotify will make sure that Riot makes sure that. Yeah, <laughs> probably. All right. That sounds more accurate. Yeah, we will tweet it out on the day. We're going to be promoting it. It's going to be good. Uh, but thanks, everybody, and thanks for the support. It's, like, really cool to be working on cool projects like this. And I just, again, it's so nice to have a piece of content that I won't have to be doing with Mark every week. I think that's the biggest thing. That Ouch. Was, yeah. Well, Mark has the dive. I needed my that's second true. show, too. Mark, are you here? Hello? It was supposed to be the book channel, but then you bailed on it. That can be our third thing. Book channel is still happening. All right. Yeah. So what's so, the latest upload? Let me go check it real quick. Should we talk? <laughs> should we talk about what has happened? Emily, you want to stick around for a little bit longer? Three months yeah, ago. Sure. Okay. I can take a call. I'll I'll, uh, I'll talk about. I'm assuming most of the topics are C9. So, Mark is uh, sighing, so I see. I mean, that. I have to take them. Well, right? we it's, get it's punished essentially. Happened. Mark and I get punished because when NA performs poorly, because what happens is Mark goes into the Discord and looks in the topic section, and like there's five topics that are like LCS should relocate to the Midwest or to Chicago. Yeah, and we yeah. go like, okay, okay, okay. We've talked about that. It's like. Players are overpaid and they're lazy. Okay, uh, that's still not it. Like, it's it is a lot of uh, rehashing previously discussed topics, and so uh, I I think actually here's one thing that we can throw out there. Hunter today on Twitter, Hunter from Golden Guardians, he runs the he's head of esports. For I, the I already so pulled someone for that take too. Yeah. So one thing, like here's something that is kind of interesting. He said, NA has international tier talent, but it lacks the competitive crucible necessary to produce inter in internationally competitive teams. Good the use of crucible. Yeah, I like, I've been using the I word haven't, crucible. I haven't heard it used like that since like, you know, 10th grade chemistry class or something when you're actually using a crucible to start some sort of chain reaction. 
Okay, so he's got the four tweets. I, I used Crucible was like more for uh, like a forage. That was the last time I used the word. Mm. He uh, he's got he's got four tweets here, and I I you guys interrupted me in the first one, and then I just looked over and in Twitch chat he says C nine should boot camp in Korea the whole split. So that's that's the summation of his four tweets, which is because of the fact that you can actually just get like the top eight teams advance, and Hunter has been so nice enough to run a team that makes it so that we already know uh, that C9 can... I don't have to worry about at least the 10th spot. Wow. Um, just just kidding, Hunter. Uh, it, it's like you can... you. How important is it after spring to, to do this? C9 has a relatively good academy team, which people think is pretty good, and could probably beat some of these bottom-tier teams. Oh, that's a... That's a good one too. So I'm talking about the G Bay tweet, which is number one on Reddit yes. right now. Yes. So there's that. G Bay tweeted that he now roots against North America. He's become like in in World of Warcraft and many of these fantasy settings. When you've been fighting the villains for so long, the corruption, at some point in time, the battle just overwhelms you and you become corrupted and you become the villain. And then the new generation has to fight against you. Uh, that's what has happened to G Bay. He's joined the enemy. Also, well, that was about to be a huge spoiler. Yeah, no spoiler. He. Uh, I was about to. I was about to. Oh yeah, 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 No, 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 no spoilers. <laughs> oh, even exactly you get that what one. Okay. Say. Yeah. Um, that's a that's a big one. Uh, <laughs> not for league or anything like that, but for something that anyway. Uh, so there's that going on. He had said originally, as someone who's watched NA's league for ten years now, it's weird. I've started rooting against my own region at this point. I want NA to fail. If for nothing else than the embarrassment of team owners and all these ridiculous decisions they've made to cripple the local scene. That seems a little dramatic uh, to me. I don't think that like the team owners have made a lot of decisions to cripple the the local scene, I guess. I mean, I feel like the reason why I personally wouldn't be able to root against North America like properly would be because I just feel bad for the players. Like as someone who's talk to players for so long like I'd, that would just feel bad yeah yeah uh obviously we'll talk about things that are not c9 and na related but and we'll take some calls maybe some people have some predictions on what's going to happen next you know how psg is going to win everything or something is there anything else uh, that that really got announced this week obviously my head's all in the msi space but i don't know if we're or forgetting something. Yeah, I don't know. I've, I'm. It's weird. I feel like despite getting up at six a.m., there's so much less time in the day. Because every day I, I start at six, but like I don't get free time until like two, and then yeah. I go to bed at like nine again. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. Um. Yeah. New GGS roster. New EG roster. If anybody has any takes on those, we can talk about that for sure. Emily, without spoiling our own show, Rift reaction available on Spotify. What what has been your take on MSI this week? Mm, I think, I mean... Doesn't I'm need to be really, better than me, just in general. Yeah, no, I'm trying to think. I think, uh, like I said, kind of when I brought up PSG initially, I think that for the top, for three of the top four teams at MSI, so Damwon, Royal Never Give Up, and Mad Lions, I feel like we've seen, you know, 
within certain parameters, the teams that we kind of expected to see in terms of play style, in terms of what we expected their strengths and weaknesses to be, which is why I think PSG is so interesting to me because they, this is a team that really didn't deal with being, you know, in a deficit ever, right? And so when a team is that ahead of every other team in their region, and and they're also making a substitution, um, not that Doggo isn't good, because obviously he's, you know, who people think is either the best or the second best AD carry from the team that was the runner up to PSG, right? So um, you have Unified and Kai Wang have played for so long that that substitution, we didn't really know how that was going to affect the team either, because again, they've been in dueling for, for a really, really long time for anyone that doesn't know that. Um, and I had no idea where to place this team going in, you know, not because I didn't watch them, but because I was like, okay, I, I just don't know where you're at because I don't know how to compare the strength of the PCS to everyone else if you just completely wipe the floor with almost every single team, right? So I think their trajectory has been really cool. I think whenever they load into the game, regardless of whether I like their draft or I like what they're doing, I think they have a very clear cut idea of what they want to do, which is actually so important at international events. Like I cannot understate how important that is when you talk to players at international events. It's always like, come up with your game plan and like stick to your style. And that's actually going to take you a lot further than making a lot of last minute changes due to what you think the meta is. And I think we've seen that from PSG as well. And like I said, they're the team that I feel like from their beginning to now has had just a very steady upward trajectory in terms of their synergy and their coordination, which makes sense because they're still integrating Doggo into the roster and Today we saw some interesting moves from him, but we also saw him pop off. So I was really happy because I've been waiting for that. Doggo's an incredibly aggressive AD carry uh, to, to good and bad ends. Um, and, and I'm happy we got to see him pop off because I was I was just waiting for that to happen too. So yeah, that's my, that's my like, I'm super happy about PSG, which has kind of been the biggest, I guess, surprise to me um, because I had no idea where to really place them. I, I appreciate that because I do feel like PSG gets lost in the conversation about I don't know, all these other teams that are from the, the major regions. And so it's it's nice that you're always down to champion them, which has always been, I think, one of your strengths, Emily, is the overlooked narratives in in <laughs> league esports. You're down to you're down to promote. Mark. Oh, you're muted, Mark. Fuck me. Uh, I was saying that I think PSG did a job of inserting themselves into that conversation this year. Um, I mean, they kind of got memed for it, but their whole like releasing who they think is going to be the best. They were really active on Reddit. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, we are an English speaking audience on Reddit in most of the things that we're looking at. So of course we don't see, like we don't talk about RNG the way LPL fans talk about RNG and all like we don't talk about PSG the way, you know, PCS fans talk about them. And so like, but it's nice when they, you know, help bridge that gap and bring over some of the stuff and, and like their interaction on our side boosted the narratives for us to use a lot too and, and to think about like is PSG better than Mad Lions or not that was a huge thing and a, a huge talking point through group stage and into rumble stage because of their their interaction so I, I think PSG did a great job not just in the actual event but like the kind of circus around it yeah starting the conversation and keeping it going yeah 
Well, should we take a call? I guess sure. so. We'll take one call and then I'll peace out so Revenge can be on because Revenge is awesome. I interviewed him today as part of my pre-NALCS stuff and he is a great interview. He's like super well-spoken and like very opinionated and introspective. I appreciate him a lot. Yeah. He learned no, it I'm because he went to med school. <laughs> yeah. You learn introspection at med school? You learn how to sound smart <laughs> when, you're, when you're delivering news to people. Uh, Mark is off to grab our first caller. Any minute now, we'll be joined by them. Thank you to Clock Cruncher for the 10 gifted subs. Very, very generous. Really appreciate it. Pilgrim Panda, Blue Frost, uh, It's Me, He He, <laughs> Brian, <laughs> awesome Cake, name. Luke of All Trades, Adak, uh, Zimelsi with the gifted sub to ILS, Nucleaf with three, Caruse 44, OPTSM fan. Rise 81, Paperman, Director Donut, and our first guest of the night is here, oh boy, from somewhere in Canada, it's Blue Jay. Where are you calling from, Blue Jay? Someone appreciates me. Uh, Ontario, Canada. Ontario, Canada. What do you want to talk about on the show tonight? Uh, I want to talk about Hunter Lee. Is it Lee or Lay? Hunter's take is what I, I want to do. I think it's Liga. I think okay. you, you, it's Liga a hard G. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Liga. Yeah. Liga. Okay. Well, right. regardless, Hunter's take of the LCS team's perma boot camping in Korea or wherever uh, would have similar effects to the LCS removing import rules. Yes, it would improve the region, but it would ruin the LCS as a product and the LCS as a league would just die. Well, okay, so when we're talking about this, he's proposed, like, I, to my understanding, he's only suggested... Actually, I think in his tweet, he might have even said C9 and TL. But yes, he did suggest the top teams leave uh, and 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 go practice in these other regions and then come back and earn their world spot at the end of summer split. I mean, I think if you send the top teams, it does the same thing as if you send all the teams. Like, you're just sending away all of the good players, and then now the LCS is just a worse product of what it already is. I feel like that would feel pretty bad. Well... Okay, I have a question for the three of you. Well, Blue Jay, I don't know if you did you feel like you need to expand. I think it's pretty obvious to your point. No, 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 that's good. Like, yeah, our most I popular mean, and best teams are suddenly not in the in the league. Yeah, I have other talking points, but that's plenty to start for now. Okay, so the question for the three of you is: One, do we actually think if TSMTL and C9 fucked off to Korea or Europe or someplace like that, just scrimmed a ton and then showed up? in North America for the first day of playoffs that they would actually win world spots. No, like I'm not confident in, in the answer, which I think calls into question the whole thing. I mean, we have a little bit of data about people going to Korea for a little bit. Uh, that was CLG. CLG. Eh. Ugh. I mean, twice, really, if you want to get into way back in season two. Uh, but the season four one, um, they came back and they got shit stomped by us uh, because they weren't exposed to Nidalee top. And, you know, they just weren't playing against the meta. And, uh, they also kind of blew up, it sounds like, in their boot camp and stuff. Um, I think in terms of raw skill and scrimmaging, you can talk about that. But um, goodbye social life, goodbye... Um, you know, a lot of the things that people are used to, you talk about culture shock when imports come here, 
You're gonna running have probably a poll, some culture by the shock in Twitch chat. What's that? People. I'm running the poll on Twitch chat, by the way, to see what people think because I'm curious. Oh, sorry. Continue, Mark. Yeah. So, anyways, my point is, there's a lot more to think about than just like, hey, you're getting better scrims. Okay, you're getting no stage time. You're not playing any important games. There's no pressure ever. Um, you don't get to like really test yourself against people in in the highest level setting. We've, we there is a plethora of evidence to show that stage experience and and uh, you know regular game experience are not necessarily the same thing. Um, or excuse me, stage experience and scrim experience. So like, all those factors combined to make me pretty. I wouldn't say against the idea. I love experiments. I would I would love if they did it, but. I wouldn't bet it. I would put no money on this bet. This is a bet. Would that you I love would just it? Because then the you're then you're just like, here's Cloud Nine Academy, here's TL Academy, here's TSM Academy facing off against, I don't know whoever. I mean, I don't think the the region would instantly implode if you did it once with like one or two of the teams. If every single one of the top teams left, then that would probably fuck over viewership for that split and it wouldn't go anywhere because it's not like you can go watch them in Korea. I mean, know, viewership is backsliding. So I don't know if we want to yeah. like, this it could be the avalanche, but yeah, I don't know. Mm. Em yeah, Emily, so I mean like, Oh, go yeah. ahead, Mark. No, 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 you're good. Emily, what do you oh, think? No, I was going to say, like, I have a lot of, I guess, questions as to how this would work. And so the first thing that I like really want to reiterate is I think scrims against better teams are highly valuable. Um, but I think the issue with scrims is always that if you, in my opinion, and I'm, I'm not a coach, so you can totally call me out on this and say that I'm completely wrong, but I think that scrims are most valuable when you're learning something, not necessarily when you're, you know, winning or, or losing. Um, and they're a very different environment from playing competitively. At, before every single international event, I always talk to players and they're always like, this is gonna be the floodiest thing ever. It's gonna be so high paced. Scrims have been all over the place. We have like 40 kills at like 20 minutes. And you know what? The only region I ever still see that happen ever is not at international events. It's in the LPL or it's when two teams from the LPL face each other at an international <laughs> event. So um, I think that's like one thing to just to highlight one of Mark's primary points, a scrum environment is very different from a stage environment regardless. Um, I've heard Chinese scrims are even wilder when it's like two LPL teams scrimming each other. So um, I, I wanna get that out. I think that I personally would be all for this if there were the potential that we could have an international circuit and we will never have an international circuit ever. Yeah, and that that's makes a different me sad. conversation. Yeah, that is a different conversation to have. So I'm not going to get super into why I think people know why, but um, the, the, I would be all for teams traveling to face better partners competitively if we had an open, um, you know, an, an open uh, circuit. The thing with franchising, which it was always kind of, I guess, weird to me that franchising was sold as a competitive decision to foster competition, um, because I feel like franchising generally 
If you go all the way back to when I talked about this on League Weekly at Yahoo, and I researched franchising, where first it was first coming, um, I made the point that it's not for competition, right? It's for orgs to make money and for branding and, and stuff like that. Um, and in that regard, I think you look over at a league like the LPL, which has been wildly successful with this, right? Um, and so I feel like a lot of the conversation we're having right now over franchising is probably a lot to do with investors and what they think of the franchises thus far. Um, but in terms of it being a, a competitive thing, this is a very long-winded uh, uh, explanation to say that viewership is, is not like um, exclusive to being competitive internationally. And it that's just the case. If you look at a region like CBLOL, for example, but, everyone always loves to hype, uh, pop on the Brazilian uh, social media train whenever they're at an international event, right? Because they are wildly popular. Emily, can um, I cut in and yeah, ask you, go for it. do you think teams going to a different region would be more competitive if they just scrimmed a ton would they would they actually go to worlds they come back to na do they just are they be good enough to go through playoffs and make it to worlds i don't know honestly because i i feel like scrims have to be in tandem with some sort of competition you need some way to measure yeah. your growth in a competitive environment so that's like, what i said that's what i said on the hotline or hot tub stream today which was like Oh, I didn't know that. It no, no, no. I'm just saying we agree because it's it's like a quality check, all right? You're like checking what your it's like you're double checking your scrims. Are the scrims actually working? Are no, actually we're fucking losing every on on stage game. <laughs> well, so the that scrims was... that we're winning, which we think we're gods, turns out those are useless or not useless, but like certainly not giving us the results we think we're gonna get. Well, and invert brought up in Twitch chat, which I think is a good point. Is like you're not even guaranteed to be scrimming the best teams in those regions. Like. Mm -hmm. If you send over three North American teams, they're not scrimming like let's say Dom Juan, SKT. Uh, I don't if you know, would send them to LEC, yeah, don't you think? I think they'd get G two Mad Lions for a little bit, not for easy. a whole split. Let's say you go there and they shit stomp you. They're not going to sign up for scrimming. Well, so if they shit stomp they? you, what but if? one of the nice things about scrimming these NA teams would be that you now have a partner. That is not in your league that you never have to face yeah, unless you go to worlds. That's true. But I do think it would be very, uh, like you, you could, I can imagine a world where G2 decides we're exclusively scrimming C9 from here on out. <laughs> like that shit used to happen a lot more where people would just have scrim partners and exclusively. Scrim. Not for a split. Maybe you not for be, a split. You would be used on like the Friday before the games. Yeah, to test out some sort of really. I think it'd be more strategy. than just the Friday before yeah. the games. Also, their games are on Friday, Mark. I know they they have games throughout the week, but my point is, I really don't think you would consistently get scrims against, like the NA teams yeah. would be scrimming each other on Korean ping. That's what that's what would probably be happening in the majority of their games. That and like lower tier Korean teams. I think the last thing we need is to be embarrassed even more with sending over Cloud9 or TL to scrim to another region and them not even getting scrims because no one wants to scrim them and then coming back to replace their academy people roster would scrim back them. in the LTS. People would scrim them. I don't buy this idea that like we were getting scrims on a Friday evening. Uh, 
but <laughs> I, I actually think you're you're wrong about this. Like, what I know incentive we disagree does... on this. Yeah, I mean, like, there's an incentive to scrim a North American team if you want to test out a really specific strategy, right? Like, if you're I don't I forget what year it was, but the LNG uh, snake year where they decided to run the Rengar Ivern combination, and they're like, oh, we want to test this out against someone that we're not going to have to face. Yeah. We want to test out our four banner of commands strategy our against someone. Yeah, yeah, like someone we don't want to face. Um, yeah, I, I agree with Wicked. But yeah. If if you're if you're good, they'll scrim you, and if you're not good, they won't. But like, you know, you'll if it's like a trial. This has happened before. We're like at the start, teams have scrimmed the Korean teams. They've played a couple games against them, and like they're not worth our time. That's happened at at boot camps before. I don't know. Whatever. Anyway. Obviously, there's a slider here where it's like maybe you do this for the first four or five weeks. I'm kind of of the opinion that uh, kind of the opinion that if you're C9, it probably makes like okay, especially in a non-COVID world, COVID makes it way harder. And but I'm kind of the opinion that if you're C9, why not just go do this for at least four weeks at the summer split at the start of summer split? You mean before summer split or during? During. So give up your first four weeks of your season? Uh, when you say give up, what do you mean give up, Blue Jay? I mean, if you're the only one that does it and everyone else is playing their main roster and then you guys get smacked and then somehow miss playoffs, which would be really... I mean, I, that's still I think there, but... Academy could beat half the teams in the LCS. I think so too, but I, I'm not like so positive. And, you know, and like, again, that would be the you just nightmare. need top eight. Yes. It's top eight and they carry on their record. So like, yeah, no, I think top eight, to you be, carry your record. I do think Cloud9 Academy would make it, but, like, you never know, you know? I mean, you you can do the math and say, like, all right, how many do you actually need to win in summer? Mm -hmm. And then you just plan it around that. It's not that many. I'll also say that, like, a lot of the Cloud9 Academy players last year were so hyped to come to LCS and haven't performed all that well. So it's like, that's maybe why I'm not so confident in Cloud9 Academy. Actually, you know what it is? You're It's even better because not only... Are you sending your main roster to go into these experience other regions? But now your, your academy, academy team, team is getting oh, like sick God. experience. Killing two birds with one stone. I guess you have to field. You would have to field another five players for your academy games, right? They have an amateur team, don't they? Yeah. yeah. Everyone gets promoted. I have another I, I thought. I, I have another thought as well. If if this was likely to happen, maybe it's also there's potential that Cloud9 just sells their LCS spot and just goes to the LEC or LCK. No, if you're gonna do that, like why not just buy a team in that region? Because then you make way more money there. in North America. It's... Yes, yeah, the sponsorship money. Yeah. But I mean, then you do solve the problem. <laughs> then you're getting scrims, I think. Yeah. I mean, then you buy Korean players and you're just a Korean org. What what problem did we solve here? I'm confused. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what is the what is it, Mark? Bold, bold you point. Is you actually get to play real games. Like if we're talking about the if you go to LEC, then you're not just playing scrims. That's that's the problem you're solving there. Okay. Here's no, here's no. where I'm at. One. It, yes, I agree with Blue Jays' original call. This would be really bad for the LCS. I do not think right. I think right. If I'm right, I'm Chris Greeley. Right now, I'm like, oh fuck, yeah, this could totally happen, and you <laughs> figure out ways to make sure it doesn't happen. You hop on the call with uh, Jack, and you go, Jack, did you see Hunter's tweet? <laughs> what a crazy guy. You'd never do something like that, right? 
buddy, friend. And then you, while you're on that, you have somebody in the background, some sort of a, you know, league ops person who's furiously writing a new rule that allows you to stop this from ever happening. Um, and so, so I, I, but I think it's bad for the league. I don't, I don't think it's a crazy idea for C9. I, I think C9 could get scrims, especially for the first four weeks of mm -hmm. summer. They're almost certainly going to Worlds. I, I don't know. They might be. I don't know. I need to go look at the numbers. But, like, they've got a huge, huge lead right now. You probably don't need to win that many. You've got a good academy team. I actually don't think it's that unreasonable, even though I don't think it's good for the league if something like this happens. I, I'm, yeah. I pretty much agree. Like I said, it's an experiment that I would love to run. Because maybe, yeah. maybe I'm wrong about some things. Maybe we're right about some things. And either way, we, we at least get to get some of those answers. Um, so... I agree. It probably would not be good for viewership. C9 games would go from like being really exciting to people not caring as much. Would they? Um, I I think people would care less, but it also might be hilarious because you're like, imagine C9 Academy beats TSM. That Reddit thread's going to be number one on the subreddit that day. That's true, but that's like more people reacting to it than they're like actually actively watching the game. You know, you're right. You're right. That the might VOD be more would get great than, viewership. Than beating C9. Yeah, like only sixty thousand people watched this time, but all sixty thousand of them went to Reddit. Afterwards. Yeah, yeah, sixty thousand. <laughs> but the VOD got great viewership, and the tweets popped off. Emily, what do you think? Do you think teams should do this? Well, then we can wrap up the call. Um, I mean, I think it's incredibly risky. Like Mark, I'm kind of curious to see how it would work, but I also think that. It's really hard for me to accept that just scrimming and even if you were able to get scrims so with some of the top teams on the regular, that that would be able to translate into coming back and doing well without some sort of competitive benchmark to use. Well, I think, I think what it's trying to solve is... We say that our solo queue is bad because we've got low player base, the players in it are bad, the scrims are bad, or sorry, the uh, the ping is bad, and we don't have the best teams to compete against. So I agree that the competitive stuff is important, but if you're only doing it for like a month or five weeks and you get good solo, so, uh, scrims, good solo queue, low ping, all these things you can't get in North America. Oh, that's a tough one. Blue Jay. Uh, sorry, I know we took your topic and kind of broadened it out, but no, I don't think okay. any of us would say the, that this is good I, for the league. If it no, it's it's definitely not. I, and I love the conversation, so it's all good. I don't that doesn't bother me. Uh, I'll do my shoutouts and take off. Is that cool? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just uh, shout out to your guys' hot tub stream. That was hilarious, and it was pretty good. And shout out to your new Spotify thing. I'll be listening. Thank you. Appreciate. it. All right. Thanks time. a lot, guys. Thanks for having me on. Take care. All right, we're also going to say goodbye to Emily. Yep. Uh, Emily, thanks for coming on. No, thanks for having me. Rift Reaction, my new show with Emily. Uh, once Emily's new show with me. That's she's really going <laughs> to run go. the show there, and uh, it's. I'm going to talk a lot, yeah. Every Wednesday, except for this Wednesday, because you know the first one's always kind of weird. Thursday this week, go tune in uh, and do me a favor and follow it and interact with the polls and Q and all that. St I just want Spotify to know that people care. All right. And, also, uh, give us good things to react to, like if you have some sort of question or, yeah, yeah. you want to roast a team or whatever. Right. 
and uh, and let us know what you think too. Tweet us anyway. Thanks, Emily. Thanks for coming on. Yep. We'll catch. Good you luck to revenge. Yeah. Feel feel free to drop from the Skype call. Okay. And uh, I'll move Emily into this other channel. She can disconnect. Okay, there we go. So Revenge will be on... What? No, I said all right. Okay. Revenge will be on in a second. I think now's a good time for me to do a sponsor plug while we wait for him to queue up. We're going to talk about Alienware. Alienware is awesome. So this, this week, Mark and I have been doing the hot tub stream. And... One of the challenges we found was that because of the way the hot tub is built, it's very difficult for me to see like a laptop or anything like that. So we needed something lightweight that I could hold that Alienware or that people on the Twitch chat could be terrified of. And the nice thing is, is that because Alienware supports us and they're part of Dell, we were able to use a, an XPS 13, which is this itty, but you would not want a game on an XPS 13, unless you're doing like some casual gaming or something. It's a good computer, but it's not an Alienware. They were able to give us this XPS 13 so that I could hold it, terrify Twitch chat thinking I'm going to drop it, but this thing is is lightweight, easy, and all that stuff. So I I want I just want to give them a shout out to that uh, to to Alienware for allowing us to uh, access the other awesome tools in the Dell family. But beyond that, be sure to uh, stick around. And on their social media because they've already teased and kind of announced this X series new notebook uh, class that they're going to be coming out with. But on June 1st, they're going to be doing the full reveal. We can see all this stuff. They've already shown you the kind of the concept, the idea of what you're going to be seeing on, on June 1st, but you're going to get all the details on June 1st. So thank you so much to Alienware. It's going to be a really cool show that they do that day. You can check out their social for more information. But uh, if you're in the market for a notebook, Maybe take a look at their X series and consider it uh, as as it's about to be announced. Okay, I am going to fix this overlay while Mark entertains us by telling us. Oh God! How he's doing? How how's it, how brutal prompt. has the schedule been for you? Um, it hasn't been too bad. Uh, it's it's been most brutal because I'm just not naturally a morning person. Yeah, same. I feel like I I probably sleep between six and eight hours on average, anyways. Um, but something about getting up at uh six a.m. I'm going to bed at like ten or eleven now, but I just feel like shit all all morning and all day. I have such a hard time. I try to go to bed at ten or eleven, and I've done it a couple times, but sometimes it'll be twelve thirty. I'm just like, you know, I put in the the earbuds will try to listen to a podcast and uh i just don't it doesn't maybe work. you can't sleep because you have earbuds in no that's not that it's not that i need the i need something my brain just keeps going my brain just keeps going for instance i'll just sit in the bed and i'll be thinking about the fact that it's been two and a half months since riot has refused to say anything about the import rule and it'll stick oh, in my mind my god and i won't be able to fall asleep because i'll just be filled with like my God, they won't say anything. I hope no one forgets that they're still not talking about this thing. We still haven't had I a resolution. I can't believe such a simple thought takes up so much of your mind. There's not much uh, space how much in there. Get, how much yeah memory do you have running chugging that little thought process along? It's it's uh, I mean it's it's one I'm of those. I'm up for uh, hours. It's like the the Google Chrome 
of processes where you think it's not going to take much, and yet you look, you open up Task Manager, and this this process is literally consuming all GPU the RAM. GPU spiking, yeah. GPU spiking. Right. Uh, okay, so let's see if we can get revenge going here. Is that what you're supposed to be doing when I was making fun of you talking about well, my schedule? Well, I was waiting for him. Okay, here we go. He says he's ready. Nice. I was also updating the overlay, so I was doing stuff. We, we can't have dead air. Uh, so this is me just filling that dead air. Oh, I, I can fill that dead air with my cat, but then it won't help podcasters very much. I'm going to have to unmute. Uh, uh, let's see. Revenge it. Can you mute on Skype and then also join a Discord channel so I can pull you in? Okay. Looks like he's already muted on Skype, which is good. And then we're just looking for him on the Discord. This is why people tune in so that they can get live. It's like they, they love to see the... the I'm the sorry. I'm sad that they didn't get the, the double. There he is. Okay. Hello. Revenge, can you hear us? I don't, I see you talking on Skype. I don't see you lighting up on Discord. So Discord for some reason not getting your audio. So that's that's something on your end. You gotta figure out what, why Discord's stuff is not working. Mark is showing his creature. Is this Peter, the one that Peter you were trying Dunn to chase out of the Yeah, this is the little rat that was tearing the magnets off my whiteboard. He's all if, tuckered uh, out now. Still don't, still don't hear you, Revenge. He's not a cat, guys. He's a rat. Rats for Kobe. Hopefully, yeah, if, if if people are on. on listening to the oh hello hello, we can hear you now. Talk again. Oh, it cut out again. We had you for just a second. Maybe you're mute. There's a mute button maybe on the host headphones. I wonder if there's a mute button that you kind of bumped at some point in time. He can't hear me. He can transplant uh, your heart, but he go. can't good solve it. Oh, he's yes. back. Okay. Hello. Well, I don't know what's going on, but... <laughs> you're good. You're good. I guess we're good now. Cool, Welcome cool. to the show, Revenge. All right. Well, um, thank you. Thank you. Okay. Do you know Do you know how the show works? We take callers. I don't know if you're aware of that. Yeah, I've, I've watched... Um, I watched my coach do it. Oh, yeah. Kyoto. Uh, oh, yeah. Kyoto. Yeah, I watched him I watched him do it. That was, that was pretty funny. Nice. Okay. <laughs> cool. How much of uh, Revenge, how much of MSI have you watched? Um, Quite a lot, honestly. I watch a lot of VOD. I mean, I don't watch it live, most of it, but I usually watch VODs because we've been scrimming, and most of the time the games are really early, so yeah, I kind of have to wake. How much of the C9 games have you watched? Because we're going to be getting a lot of those. Uh, Most of them, yeah. Most of them. Okay. Pretty much all of them. <laughs> all right. Sweet. Uh, yeah. Mark, is there? I mean, should we do a quick? You have any questions for revenge? Um, how you how you been? How's the off season? You're already doing scrims. Yeah, we've um we've been scrimming since like late April, so we started really early, and it's been going pretty good. How's the the new stuff going with uh, Viper? And I mean, I know that they're on Academy, but I don't know if uh, you're interacting with them at all, Viper and Anda. Um, yeah, it's been nice. I, I mean, I've worked with Viper before, and he's a good friend of mine, so I'd say that it's been going well. We've been doing, like, internal scrims some days, and we've also been doing, like, you know, work together, like, one-on-ones and stuff, so, yeah, that's all been good. <clears throat> nice. 
How often do you guys do Riven 1v1s? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we'll ever do that. I mean, uh, okay. we're, we're both retired. We're just retired. Uh, uh, gotcha. Yeah, okay. you got to hang it up when you join the pro leagues. You got to. Yeah, it's like, it's just like one of those things everyone has to be like, you know, keep in the back of their heads, like when Riven's meta, you know? We'll just, yeah, yeah. It's there, but. <laughs> okay. That's cool. Those days are behind us, you know? Well, Revenge, I hope you're ready. This, I'm, we're happy that you're here. Because uh, you have not probably done as much content as Mark and I, and now you can help carry these conversations when people call in and say, LCS should move to Chicago, players are lazy, coaches suck, et cetera, et cetera, which is, this is what Mark and I have to deal with every time NA busters out. You, so now you can you be the give one these answering people all hope. these questions. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Wait, so so they, want, they want LCS to move to Chicago? Yeah. Well, that's it's a frequent thing. There's a... Uh, there's just people are out for blood uh, on days like this. Um, uh, they need to invest in NA players, but NA players are lazy and overpaid. Yeah. And they, you guys have bad ping, so you need to go move to a different part of the country. And then um, you also need to convince all your friends to play because the server doesn't have that many players. So right, just, right. just, just do all that, and then yeah. then you, you can win worlds. Reddit, Reddit <laughs> is filled with a bunch of Robespierre wannabes. It's a historical reference for those that he uh, was an influential figure in the French Revolution. Anyway, Mark, you want to go grab the first, first yes, caller? Yes, please. Okay. Uh, it's me. He, oh, I got them. Pilgrim Panda, Clock Cruncher, Saintless Slayer, third, 24. Thank you for the 35 months. Hodarian, thank you for the prime. And Sir Cattle, thank you for the 43 months. Wow, some people coming up on some pretty long times. Twitch chat just saying, just moved to Chicago. We've addressed this many, many times. It's just... It's tough to, to keep talking about it. Go back. You want to just always, you can get the answer to why they don't move to Chicago by just going and finding the last time North America embarrassed themselves on the international stage, which I guess is Worlds, and then looking at the Hotline League there. I'm sure we took a Chicago call. Okay. Donna is here. Donna, where are you calling from? Uh, I am calling from uh, Oxford, United Kingdom. It is quite the, late. The United Kingdom. And are you here to, uh, you've been on the show previously, right? No, I have not, but you have mispronounced my username previously. I don't think that's true. Anyway, so welcome to the show for the first time. Are you here to just laugh at us because you're from Europe and your region is still in an event that we are no longer in? Uh, not quite. I mean, I'm sweating too. Like, got a best of five this weekend and it could happen. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I... We'll agree with that, but I've just, uh, I feel like normally right now the, the EU fans are just enjoying dancing on our grave. All right, what do you want to talk about on the show? Like oh, go ahead. I liked that. Anyway, uh, but yeah, my actual take, my take is that um, of the four teams left at MSI, the inconsistency shown by Damwon and RNG and the still like rapidly evolving and uncertain meta sort of come together to mean that the tournament is basically anyone's to take. Uh, and I can either elaborate on this a bit more if you want, or I can leave it there. Like, I have some actual, like, thoughts and vague data to back this up. If you want. Fake data. Okay, well, this That's I'm glad you've plan. come to Hotline League prepared, because fake data is what everyone on the call is. It's the only uh, kind of data we use on this show. I think one thing it would be great to, to have you elaborate on is, like, the evolving meta, because it's, it's funny. I asked Kaiser yesterday what he thought about the the evolving meta or something similar to that and he's like i think the meta has been about the same since groups so um i don't know what uh feel free to elaborate 
Okay, well, so I think, for example, uh, specifically, I think the one that this has changed most in is Jungle Matter, where, like, the back and forth on whether Rumble is a good pick, for example, whether, like, if Rumble is a good pick, is it good in just certain drafts? Is it because people can't use it? Well, like, that sort of thing. Like, for example, you see El Yoya piloting Rumble in two entirely different games. One game looks entirely useless. The other game looks like he could 1v9. Um, and the so the PSG game was you looked useless. Uh, it was one of the games today where it looked like a good one being like, um, and so things like that. And you have other teams who are like bringing back Volibear. And I think the the there's no like solid. This pick is the go-to pick because teams are so wildly shifting in what they prioritize and wildly shifting in what other teams prioritize that they feel able to counter that like it makes a whole sort of it makes for a very uncertain play state because you can't say oh they've locked in volibear this is going to be much worse because rumble can just out jungle them it's like a, oh they've locked in volibear do they have a strategy prepared to pull this off or are they just falling back on something and is it going to fall apart um and I think that all four of the teams have shown fairly significant weaknesses at time to time. So, for example, like, RMG, like, won the LPL Spring Playoffs, but before that they got 3-0'd by FPX, because FPX caught them off guard in a best of five and just utterly steamrolled them. Um, and, like, Damwon Kia have shown weaknesses as well. I think with no losers bracket, single elimination best of five, it is quite possible that a team could show up to a best of five with a jungle pick that no one sees coming, or, you know, just a slightly different read on level ones or meta and completely upset. Mark, I'm throwing it to you uh, before we get to revenge so he can warm up. Okay. Um, I agree with some of the stuff. Um, like, I I think that there are still heavy favorites. Um but I do think that I talked about this a little bit on one of the hot tub streams about how like I don't feel like these are like insano ass teams the way that sometimes it feels like an international tournament has this one or two teams that are like god tier and everyone else is just beneath them and they're mere mortals and they're just gonna get crushed. I don't feel like RNG or down one or that um, right now. Like I don't think they're Samsung White. I don't think they're IG. I don't think they're. FBX or you know some of these these teams in the past that have been just in insane. Um, though FBX did look mortal in group stage, I will say that. Um, but I, I think uh, in that sense, I agree with you. Um, I don't think either Mad Lions is, is like peak G two either, obviously. Uh, but it just feels like there's there's just more potential for upsets in these kinds of things. RNG dropped games to PSG, C9, and Mad Lions, uh, whereas Dom One only lost to RNG in the Rumble stage. Um, but they, they have been pushed before. Uh, I think they're one of the teams that's getting better as the tournament goes on, um, it feels like. But I, I at least think, you know, there's chances for Mad Lions to, to pop off in the early game if they start playing more like that they played against RNG on the last day. Um, so overall, I, I agree with your point that it does feel like there's more inconsistencies in the top teams, um, like legitimate inconsistencies too. Cause sometimes top teams drop games and it's like, oh, they're just like, Rocks Tigers is kind of fucking trolling here <laughs> in 2016 or whatever in some of those games. Um, I don't I don't really feel like these losses are like, God, RNG just turbo trolled 
when they, you know, lost that game to to C9 or something, you know. Um, so, uh, on the meta point, it, I, I mean, there, there's like little shifts, you know. Like, I think people start playing Udyr a little bit more. Um, I don't think any of the, the pro teams ever discounted Rumble. I think that was much more of a community conversation than a pro one. I think a lot of the pros were just always on board the the Rumble train and stuff. But I think they're, they're a little rising and fallings of champion priorities within the meta. Revenge. What do you think of all this? Well, I definitely disagree with the point about like a random pick just spawning and like cheesing people or something. I, I think like something you have to take into mind is that these teams are scrimming quite a lot, probably like double blocking most days, especially the teams that are still in right now. So that means like behind the scenes an additional like eight to 10 games, right? That we don't see. That also includes discussing the meta with other other people, discussing the meta with current teams that are also scrimming now to prepare for like the upcoming LEC season, LCK season, LPL season, even you know the upcoming LCS season, right? And I think that with all this knowledge being spread, it's really unlikely that there's just going to become this like random pick that no one's prepared for. I think that that's easy maybe to, to think like that when you're thinking in like a best of one setting, but you just need to keep in mind scrims are like why these picks are happening. Like it's why Rumble Jungle is being played so much, you know, like you can look at the stats and stuff, but of like the best of one games, right? But then you have to keep in mind that there's a reason these picks are being pulled out in a cutthroat best of one situation, you know? No, I mean, I think it's a good point. I, what, what are your... You, do you have any rebuttals to that? Donna? Do I call you Donna? Uh, you can, or you can take another stab at my username. Zamelkai. Zamelkai, yes. Yes. See, um, I've always gotten that right. I think he added the spelling of the phonetics. Yeah, yeah, you. I did. I did. Um, but yeah, uh, my, like, I guess what I'd say to that is that I guess, like, with, with the scrimming point, that's something that I definitely, like, hadn't considered as much. But I think one of the reasons that I think it is that, like... For example, in, like, as someone who watches primarily LEC, because it's my time zone, um, like, the LEC is something where we'll see a lot more, like... And maybe this is partly a best one meta, but, like, you'll see picks that are, like... Not necessarily, like, completely left field, but, like, they'll do things that you know, haven't been, like, shown before. And especially, like, if I were, you know, say, Mad Lions preparing for my game against Dan Kia, I'd be a lot more likely to prepare my surprise picks in scrims against RNG and PSG than I would against Dan1. And I think, like, there is a legitimate chance that, like, I'm not saying that, like, a single thing is gonna, you know, win three games of a best of five, but, like, you if a best of five is close enough... Let me, winning one game of a best of five can be enough. Let me let me help you out here a little bit because I think the most oppressive champions in the current meta to me feel like junglers, and I feel like jungle is a hard thing to do what you're talking about because it's so reliant on clear speeds and some of these things that like a, yep. a cheese jungler is harder to kind of pull out versus a specific lane matchup, which can then just be like a really tunneled counterpick thing, like Zyra into or excuse me. MF support into Zyra, which came out. Like, that was very much like a what the fuck is this? 
Zyra's really oppressive in the bot lane. Here's some really niche counter that no one had ever really practiced. I don't know if there's anything like that, but I would ask Revenge. Lee Sin, for example, is one of the popular champions in the meta. Do you think there's like a really strong solo queue counter the Lee Sin that people have not brought on stage that you're maybe thinking that that could be one of those things? Or is, is, it it, secret, is, is it a secret tech that you don't want to talk about on this show <laughs> because you're planning on busting it out in a couple of weeks if Lee Sin stole meta? I mean, honestly, there there might be those kind of picks, and they might be existing. It's just that the chances are that they've been picked in scrims, and that information is known across teams is really likely. So if not, if it is just something like super cheese, like if I just like picked Riven into Lee Sin or something, right? and did that in MSI, right? People would be like, whoa, you know? But chances are the pick doesn't exist. It, it's just, or it's been like prepared for, for the most part. It's Twitch just, chat all spamming Poppy. Yeah. Poppy, I mean, but the thing is like, uh, most top winners would probably be prepared to play against Poppy. Like, it, it, it's, it's not that like, it wouldn't be surprising. You know, like there are surprise picks, it's just, the value in which they hold as a counterpick isn't usually like that. So like, wow, this is so oppressive. Like Nobody could have thought about it type thing. You know, yeah. The, the one thing that's happened recently that is kind of like that, it was like the Scion swap, for example, that like that has happened before in like the, the history of like LEC and LCS, but to pull it off in like a finals, right, was, mm -hmm. and I think there was an MSI game where it was done too, right? Yeah, Pentanet tried it once. Yeah, they, yeah. So it, it's definitely um, <clears throat> like those kind of strategies can be surprising and they can be like game changing. I just think picks for the most part aren't just because of like how the fundamentals of the game are being played out anyways. Like you ask yourself questions about whether a champion has priority, whether it scales, how it fits into a team comp. And most players, especially at the MSI level, uh, are able to make a understanding of this champion that you're, you've pulled out, whether it's in top lane, whether it's in support, like you said, and adapting the game very quickly. So that's never really going to be game-breaking, in my opinion, more than like a strategy such as a Scion. Zemelkai, it seems like uh, Revenge and Mark are perhaps not on, on, not on well, your side on this one. Oh, Mark. Well, I was going to say, that's more the meta point. I was going to ask, because uh, Revenge didn't quite respond... Uh, chime in on the oh. the competition being wide open do you oh. think watching the games that like dom Juan and rng are headed for the finals sure thing or do you think it's it's more open than that uh, i definitely think it's more open i mean there's no joke that these teams on any day can be really dominant over each other or just like take take a look at for example how mad lions played versus pentanet and how dom Juan played versus pentanet both of them had near perfect games versus them when they wanted it, right? And that's just two top teams versus a weaker team, right? And when you look at that, I see that on any day, the consistencies in their level of performance and how high it can be is there, right? And then you look at the games where they actually verse each other. And there's a lot of very, very intricate things that they're doing against each other that just shows that they're both at a high level. And there's a lot of miscellaneous things such as like laying and matchups that on a good day, you know, Armut might gap Jahu, or on a good day, Jahu might gap Armut, and that can completely sway how things go, translating into like mid game, late game. And I think that already Mad, uh, Damwon, and RNG, and I guess even PSG have shown that they 
are playing macro at a really advanced level they're playing mid game at a really advanced level and i think that it's just going to boil down to who's better that day in early game and just just the really small small things that'll make like the bigger difference so i think any team can take it to be honest oh i'm excited i think it would be quite crazy if uh i mean we all we talk about these other three teams but i feel like wouldn't it be wild if psg wins msi then then that's when we really do need to start taking the calls of maybe na shouldn't be placed given given the the level or the tier system that it is if we've got psg coming in and winning all right as uh, Zemelkai, thank you so much for the call anything you want to shout out before we go on to the next caller yeah Zemel um oh. yep sorry my mic busted for a sec um yeah uh shout out to uh shout out to pentanet true underdog story uh and also uh i don't know gay rights happy pride month uh call your local representatives about bills when people are being shits thank you yeah. i i love that you you've you figured this out very clearly you're like hmm, what can i shout <laughs> out and you came to this that's so good zamoka thank you for the call uh thank you very much have a good one get some sleep okay <laughs> it's four four in the morning there all right Sir Cattle, thank you for the 43 months. Weather Mullet, thank you for the three months. And Gyoto has subbed for three months and says, Flame me, bro. So I don't know if he's looking. Me, I don't bro. know. Revenge, do you have a flame for Gyoto? <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll cook one up. It'll, it'll okay, come. Good. Uh, At some <laughs> point in time on this, you'll, you can unleash yeah, it in the middle I'll, of the call. It'll be unleashed. It has okay. to be the right time, though. Yes, I understand. I understand. All right. Oh, Steve is in the chat. He's like, he Steve. literally just put a Hey Guys emote just to remind everybody that he's like, wouldn't it have been cool if Team Liquid went to MSI? Dairy Cat is here. Dairy, where are you calling from? I am calling from Australia. From Australia? Okay, we just have an international caller tonight. What do you want to talk about on the show? Um, I wanted to talk about, um, uh, I, I guess it's partially inspired by, I think, uh, GBase <laughs> Reddit oh, post boy, about go, yeah. um, how. Uh, he wasn't too hyped about oh he'll, i think he was i think he said he was sort of rooting or, or happy about c9's failures because of how it's managed and um my take was that i think um you know the lcs is, is you know high expectations in, in contrast to how they've performed historically are in large part because they've got high profile imports um and i think that if um and while lcs probably won't do um you know better without imports i think that um the audience's uh, expectations would be more realistic, so there'll be less disappointment if they fail internationally. Um, and also, I think there'll be a lot more hype if when they do succeed. Um, and I think that would create a, a better viewership for for the league and um, perhaps be better overall for the league. So the suggestion is NA needs to end its reliance on imports because... They give us the wrong expectations when we're like, yeah, we got perks. We're spending millions and millions of dollars, and then we just flop. And uh, yeah, I, I mean, if 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 C nine um, failed to make it out of uh, groups or rumble stage with a domestic import, I, I don't think there'll be all these memes like our oh, six million dollar um, or twelve million dollar uh, exit or, or twelve million dollar speed run or something like that. So, um, and also if 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 they did 
if if they did beat um Dam one or and and they didn't you know, sorry, i mean they did if they did um make it to to semis with um i i guess i think only two imports or or, or one import then um i think fans would be a lot more hype about that and that will probably also um generate more domestic interest in in the league as well and again, for those that, that missed it, so GBA, there was not a, he did not make a Reddit thread, but there was a Reddit thread about his tweet where he said he's basically waiting or wanting NA to fail because he doesn't like the fact that there are so many uh, imported players representing North America on these teams. Uh, All right. I, uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, can I just say something about that? Or, yeah. or are you? Yeah, go for I it. Mean, I, I mean, I think that post or his opinion is like, completely distasteful like i i don't really understand it to be honest because it seems like we're actually maybe we like skip the fact that c9 was competing in na and they're reversing other na teams like it isn't that c9 just went to msi because they paid the most money and had imports <laughs> like they beat dignitas who had five na players right like they, they competed better uh domestically than everyone else so they deserve to go and whether or not they played good or bad at MSI is kind of, you know, it, it's kind of hard to say that these other teams or other players may have deserved it, right? Like they, because essentially it just feels weird to say that like we NA has failed when they sent the best team from NA to MSI, right? It just, well, I don't think that GBase post is necessarily blaming or saying that they didn't deserve it based off of them winning, I think he's frustrated because he sees... I mean, again, we're interpreting this stuff. Apologies, GB. But it seems like he's he's mo mostly frustrating that it's like, okay, you guys have decided to give up on North American talent by and by and, and whole, and they want to change it so that you can grab as many players as you can from these other regions. And yet, so it, it feels vindicating to him whenever that... that path does not succeed like you can't just go buy a bunch of players from another region and put them on your team whether i'm not saying that's my my take but i think that's my interpretation not him suggesting that c9 doesn't deserve to be there yeah no i and I, I didn't mean i i didn't actually mean to say that he said those words but just i i guess like to me it, it just feels weird to completely criticize like the orgs and na like for example because at the same time, like C9 did compete in NA against teams like, you know, take Dignitas, for example, who have five NA players, and they did significantly better than them. And it, it's just, I mean, I, I'm just trying to basically say that I think that C9's level at MSI and what they were, like how they played at MSI shouldn't like completely, you know, make an opinion on like the orgs in NA. Like it, it just, it just seems weird to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do I understand the point, though. I just, I just, I just, I do understand your point, and I, I could see your the, like, the perspective of in that regard. But like, I just do want to say that, like, because some people do interpret it like this, right? Like that, oh, like C9 shit the bed at MSI, and like, you know, NA, like maybe if we had like five NA players at MSI, we would have won or something. It's, it's like so, some people do maybe interpret it like that and just dog on the imports, right? And it just doesn't really make sense to me. Yeah, I mean, I think I think a lot of people in general are just growing an anti-import sentiment, like um, regardless of some some of the other factors. Um, and I think there are a lot of people like you who have the opinion. It feels like your opinion is like they are representing an A because they came from an A for the last 
four or five months they competed against the NA teams like it's not like they they just like jacked a spot while playing in Korea or something um I will say to the caller's point I think it's an interesting perspective that I I think does hold some uh credence less about the G by stuff in particular but about how um tons of Im like uh, your top teams being imports you have higher expectations like oh perks has accomplished all this core jj has won worlds these kinds of things and then they come into this infrastructure and this ecosystem you know we can get into the myriad of problems that we have but they still ex they see those results they want those results because they're attached to that name even though they're now in this like worse situation um they're feeding us hopium they're they're they're, they're pumping us full of hopium uh, and then they're letting us down. Yeah. And I think to the caller's point, I think some people, the way that, and I'm, I'm not 100% convinced of this because there's, no, there's another side to this argument, but I think the idea that like some fans would be happier to watch 5NA go and compete and lose if we're going to lose anyways, because then at least there's a little bit more, I think, regional pride behind it, the way that there's maybe some more regional pride behind Brazil or Osh or some of the other regions that are also disadvantaged um, who have, have the, the regions have their own struggles, but when they do get those moments and they do succeed, it's like insane. So I, I can see that angle of it. The thing is North America as a, as a major region has this entire history. And I don't think just cause we sent five NA pros that like the rest of the world wouldn't meme on us <laughs> for losing. I think the reality is that would happen no matter what. Um, but I, I can at least understand from a fan perspective that like you would be happier watching people that you feel like came up through the scene and like you know we're, we're here the whole time and, and weren't given six million dollars to come play for us kind of thing um that like maybe there's more pride in it in that sense if it's it's the, those kinds of people well, i also think it's harder i mean we talked about this a little bit last week it's harder to meme on us and we're like i uh, sorry i guess i should say it's easier to meme on us when we are doing this we do crazy things like pay perks a bajillion dollars to come to our region and I love having them here, but we do this stuff and then we go lose. And so I think what often it looks like, and, and we talk a lot about, you know, the ping and all that stuff, but it looks like we are the people that are basically trying to like pay to win. You know, we're the, in the mobile game, the guy who is like a he was wailed out, we're yeah, we've wailed out and we're getting beat by these people that are free to play players and so that people just i got all the constellations unlocked on my my genshin impact <laughs> c9 team but yeah i still can't beat this boss that this person who who's been grinding the, the free to play stuff so yeah. i i think i think that's part of it right is like it's i i agree with the caller a little bit in the sense of yeah it is embarrassing like we haven't talked about perks yet but like Perks, who I think was intended to be the star player, certainly the most, actually, I mean, I don't even know if he's the most paid player since we've got, but, but was the most expensive contract, if you include buyout, probably, uh, does not, did not do particularly well at this event. And I, I think there is a bit of just like, it's a little embarrassing um, whenever that stuff happens. So I don't know. I... I mean, I mean, I also had some examples which um, sure. I don't know might help, but like I guess historically, for example, I think yeah, I, I agree, Travis, that like um, if NA loses, you know, EU is still going to go uh, EU better than NA and all those memes. But uh, I mean, uh, I think what Clutch Gaming when 
<laughs> I mean, to your point, imagine if a month ago you told somebody a caller on Hotline League was saying it would have been nice to, if Perks had had a fudge level performance. <laughs> that is an insane statement <laughs> to be making. That is crazy. To, like, if you just told somebody that, like, a month ago, people would be like, oh, how would that be nice? You know, like, pure, pure, surely Fudge was the liability at MSI this year. Um, it's just, it's, it's actually, it's actually wild. No, I think, I think it's, it's a good point. Uh, I don't, okay, I'm, I did talk about this a little bit on the hot tub stream, but I'm going to dabble just around the edges of this topic that I really want to do a long, longer video on which is I think it's ready. So we have in North America optimized purely for competition and international success for all these different years. We've done it in terms of like players now do less content than they, they did previously. They stream less. We have spent tons of money on trying to optimize for international success. We buy out all these players. We, we swap more than half of our players year over year out of the league from last spring to this spring. Uh, we rotate them all like musical chairs across all of our different teams. This is all the detriment of narrative, broadcast, fandom, et cetera, et cetera. I think it's part of the reason why the viewership is down, for instance. We've optimized for international success. We don't find the international success. And so I, I think it's time to pull back a little bit on optimizing for international success because I look at these other regions at Worlds or sorry, MSI. And I don't think Brazil's like, oh man, our team didn't do well. Well, we're all going to turn off the stream and never going to watch the Brazil league again. And we're going to stop giving a shit about competitive League of Legends. I do not think that people watch NA League of Legends exclusively because they think that NA is going to suddenly do well at international events. So all these people that say, I'm going to stop watching now that Cloud9 didn't do well, I don't believe you. But I do think it is time for us to stop. Look, I don't want Perks and Alfari to go anywhere. I love these guys stay here. But I do think it's time to stop optimizing so much entirely, purely only on the premise that the only way for this league to be successful is for us to do well internationally. Well, I mean, here's the problem. I, I think we're attempting to optimize for international success, but then we end up getting domestic success and then failing internationally to be honest like i i don't think we're it, it seems like you know we get these pickups like xc9 for you take c9 getting perks for example and they expected international success or sorry they expected domestic success in a way but then they also got 
for expecting international success, right? And you have to look at and see why they're not succeeding internationally versus only succeeding domestically, because they did get first place domestically, right? So they did accomplish one of the expectations that they had. No, it's true. But I don't think Jack is going out and spending all his money on perks because he wants to win LCS. Yeah. I think he's doing it because he, I mean, that might be one reason, but you're not, I don't think he thinks LCS, lifting the LCS trophy is worth however many millions he spent. I think he thinks like making it to finals at Worlds is worth however much money he spent. And he thinks that perks is going to get him there. And yeah, I, and I agree. I, yeah. I agree with that. I just think that they expect to win domestically. They expect it. They also are hoping to win internationally with these pickups, and it's just not happening. Yeah. So they need to reevaluate why that's not happening. But the domestic success is there. And then you look at domestically why that success is there and not internationally. And I think that's what we also need to look into as well. Wicked is in the chat and saying, how's NA optimizing for international success with 60 ping? I mean, it's part of it, right? There are, we can we can bring these players over here but we don't necessarily ever seem to make them better than they were previously. I mean, outside of like the fudge situation, when we grab somebody like perks, he didn't perform better than he did whenever he was on G2. And I think there's a lot of examples of that. And I don't think that our environment is doing a good job of, of making these, these players successful. So if riot and players association teams and all that stuff can come together to figure out solutions to the ping stuff, come and find solutions to, I don't know, all the other giant list of things that people think is holding NA back at home, then sure, let's continue to invest in this talent. But like right now, I just don't know if it makes sense. Moving to Chicago, says Sauchi. Yeah, exactly. Move to Chicago. Anyway, I'm going to do a longer video about that stuff in the future, but I, I just, I think it's, I think it's time to, to create a, to optimize for a fun product. 80% of the year plus we're, we're watching LCS games we're not watching worlds and MSI so let's optimize for making a league that people want to keep watching week after week and have players on teams and legacies and all that stuff that people keep watching because I don't think we're doing um, that right now I look forward to that video uh, what's that I don't need to keep going I feel like you're gonna cut me off no I, I was gonna say uh, to get back to the caller's point um, some like Kilhoto and some people in the chat were saying that like people like Dig is Dig is not the most popular team despite being five and A and like the best five and A performing team. Um, I do think there's some some truth to that. Like uh, the same way that people say, "Oh, I'm so sick of North America failing. I'm going to stop watching." I think there's also some of those people who just like you're venting and it feels good to vent that like I'm I'm so sick of watching imports and I don't want to watch them. But then like if Sven and Perks made it out of the group. And carried our ass to finals. I don't think anyone would be complaining. I think it's. I think the the, the success yeah. is is really what it comes down to. Um, and, and that's the same way with, with domestic viewership. Is that the best teams get the best viewers, and not the team with the most with the best personalities necessarily, or the best um, the most uh, domestic. I mean, players. it's hard to yeah. say because like the teams that get great viewership are the teams that have been most popular for almost the entire duration of the sport in North America, with the exception of Team Liquid popping up and CLG kind of falling down. And uh, Hundred Thieves. Hundred Thieves marketing is so good there. I mean, yeah, I, I would that... almost say Hundred Thieves is an example of how you can make a team that is popular that isn't competitively yeah, for sure. successful. 
For sure. But I think uh, at least right now from what we've seen, they're the exception rather than the rule. I mean, how many teams have been able to... Team Liquid wasn't really as popular and Curse wasn't as popular until they actually started winning more. They were one of the more popular teams, but they also went to Worlds in Season 2 or whatever. They were like one of the OG orgs that had just more fans in general. So. Yeah, but they also did a really good job of building like all these shows a real out and making people care yeah. and all that stuff, right? Like they led yeah. the way in, when it came to content in a lot of ways. The TSM yeah. fans will get angry at me for saying that, but like, I don't know. Uh, Dairy Cat, thank you for the call. Is there anything else you want to say before we take a quick break? Uh, no, thanks. Thanks for the show. Shout out to Alienware as always and, uh, and Game Fuel. And yeah. Thank thanks, you. guys. We'll catch you next time. See ya. By the way, I just want to say what I just said, I don't necessarily, I'm not, that's not like an anti import thing. I'm just talking about we move the slider on everything. We do less content than we used to do. We do less streaming. We do more importing. We do more roster trades and and we swap players around a ton and we we do crazy player turnover and all that stuff. And I that's the type of stuff that I think is not necessarily great for the league. I also don't think it's great whenever teams are spending millions and millions and millions of dollars on imports. I think that that financial situation is not great either. But I. I have no problem with cool players coming in from other regions. I think it's neat. I just don't I don't know if the import rule should be lifted. All right, we're going to talk about Game Fuel really quickly. Before we go on to our next caller, there are our second sponsor of the night. We're shouting out Game Fuel. Thank you, Game Fuel, for sponsoring the show. I am drinking this evening a Charged Cherry Burst, which uh, astute viewers will know is my current favorite flavor. They did a really cool banner of me, which maybe I can try to show on the screen. There's a bunch of people... Uh, that they sponsor people that are far more well-known than I am. Uh, but I'm now in this art thing with all of them. And I, I probably don't deserve to be there based off my following compared to theirs, so it's very gracious of them. They also did a very... I don't know. Mark, can you see... Sorry, I'm going to I'm gonna cover you up, Revenge. You're going to disappear for a second. Can you see this image, Mark? Mm -hmm. Do you see me on it? Do I see a... A, you, a, a version of you. Do you think that that is an accurate depiction of me? I think they, they. I, I think I have a better jawline than what this image has. I look a little flabby in this game field yeah, picture in the compared image. to what I am in real life. I feel like yeah, and, missing... and that beard looks really unruly in that image too. Compared yeah, yeah, to real exactly. Life. Not yeah. the nice clean. I think. I don't that, know. I, that... I, I, I wish they could have been a more, a little more flattering. And and this. that part is actually on the top side of your head as opposed to the middle part that well, you're Well, yeah, the now. middle part, I, I don't fault them for that. That's a new change for me recently. So, uh, by the way, if you guys want to go see this, I think uh, a less generous version of myself than what I am, I look like in real life, you can go check it out on the Gamefield Twitter if you're listening to the podcast, uh, the audio-only version. But anyway, thank you to Gamefield for being so nice uh, and including me on that. I didn't know they were doing that, and then suddenly it popped up, and I'm next to a lot of very famous people. Uh, you can go to, I'm gonna do exclamation mark game feel in the chat so that people can find the link. Uh, but there's also a link in the, the video description of the YouTube channel uh, for this YouTube video. Uh, you can go over there and also use code TRAMPS at checkout to save 5% off on your order or game feel. And keep tweeting, please, when you do grab them because uh, that stuff is really helpful for them to know, especially when you do it for the first time. You're like, hey, this is my first time trying this, and I ordered it. Then they know that they just got a new customer and that their support of this show is vindicated. 
And I need, my God, I need my sponsors to feel vindicated in their sponsorship of me because otherwise it's all going to come crashing down. All right. LCS viewership, not what it used to be. They need to feel like this is still worth Anyway, thanks, Gamefield, for sponsoring the show. We can move on to our next caller. Cheeto, 18, thank you for the four months. Troll a little fun, gifted a sub to free Bougie, very generous of you. And Risen King, thank you for the seven months. Uh, Z- Zamelkai says, what do we do if you're we're in the UK? I mean, you can tweet at them and say, like, hey, just want to let you know I'd buy Mountain Dew Game Fuel if I could but to support Travis, but I'm in the UK. And then, and then at least they'd know that they're getting something from another region. Either way, I appreciate it. You don't have to do anything. Nobody needs to do anything, but it is it is helpful if they feel like they do want to. Mark is grabbing the next caller, and he's here. Fanboy is here. Fanboy, where are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling in Philly, PA. Philly, PA. What do you want to talk about on the show? Um, I had a question mostly for uh, Revenge, kind of. Um, uh, Niles, uh, uh, there's a lot of... Uh, comparisons between you and him because uh, you're both uh, NA rookies this year, kind of starting out. Um, but you had a uh, some experience in academy before, and he was, was straight out of collegiate. And I kind of just wanted to know uh, what the general feeling was about players coming out of collegiate and uh, how experienced they should be. Because I mean, Maryville's scrimming right now against a lot of academy teams. They were uh, they beat one of the uh, LCS academy teams uh, the other day. So I just kind of want to see what you thought about the collegiate scene in general. All of the uh, all the LCS yeah. affiliated teams lost yesterday in the qualifier, which I thought was very. People were memeing on it. Not a very big deal, but also very funny. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, revenge. Yeah, no, it's it's fine. Um, I think I don't really have that much experience about with the collegiate scene. I don't know how good they are or how bad they are. Really, I just know that they're definitely at a level lower than the academy level. At least I would say last year, just because I think that there's just far less talented players in the collegiate scene in terms of like just solo queue ranking if you want to look at that and just players who translate into playing into academy and playing into lcs there's just not that many players who like sprout from collegiate i think niles and iconic are like the only two that really stood out over like many years now so i would say that the collegiate scene definitely does seem less developed and less uh just has less potential in terms of players who can actually like rise to the top. Uh, in terms of, uh, and, and I think you said the you were asking about Niles and how I felt he was prepared to, from the collegiate scene. I, I, I mean, I, I don't think academy experience or like my academy experience lets me or gives me like the authority or like the knowledge to like speak on that that much. I, I think that Niles was given a chance by Golden Guardians and has, obviously still has it. He's now playing in their academy team. And he deserved it. He showed it through uh, scouting grounds as well, which is what Riot hosted as well for players from solo queue. So he definitely proved himself through that as well as collegiate. So that's, you know, probably the best way to, to look at his rise into LCS and now Academy. Yeah. Think, and uh, if I could, oh, sorry, I was just going to ask a follow-up. Um, just like, do you think the infrastructure is worth investing there? Um, like for the collegiate scene, because it's clearly not there right now and we don't have that many good players, but should we be looking to get more players? Because I mean, we're kind of an outlier from like traditional sports, like most people get uh, a season or two in college before going to like professional leagues. Obviously we don't need to do that here, but it is sort of the status quo if we're going that way. 
Um, if I'm being honest, I, I think that if you're entering the collegiate scene, it's part of it probably might be because you could not enter the academy scene as well. And I, I think that the way I see entering the academy scene is is through mainly being scouted through solo queue and then potentially being given tryouts through there. And if you're not good enough to get a tryout and spot in an academy team or through scouting grounds, right? then maybe you want to just enter collegiate because you don't want to commit a career path into LCS and academy, right? Because collegiate also offers you a college degree, right? On the side. So there's there's like two ways to look at it, right? Like some people just go to college and then play in their league team. And I think that's the case for a lot of collegiate players more so than joining or getting into college and then... Having it be like, like a path. Yeah, yeah, right. Like NBA players, for example, they go to colleges to play college basketball to get into the NBA. It's not really like that in the league scene. You don't join college, at least right now, to play on a league team in college to then be scouted to play in Academy or LCS, right? It, it, it's just that happens through solo queue, actually. So um, I think that maybe in the far future, if we have a bigger pool of players who are... Uh, trying to play an academy who want to like get this i guess recognition in collegiate by playing against academy and amateur teams i think that would be pretty cool but i think that we're not really there yet in terms of infrastructure to do that and i don't know how much it's about infrastructure or just about player base right now for that Revenge um, oh go ahead mark another way i would think about asking this question would be like you had a split of academy before joining the lcs and starting um, how much do you think that that leveled you up? Assuming that there is, you know, I, I would agree this gap between LCS or uh, yeah, LCS and collegiate right now. Um, you know, given that he kind of got tossed right into the LCS level, like for you at least, did the first academy split give you a lot of uh, like did it really level you up, or do you think like it actually you would have been okay going in your first split, kind of more fresh out of solo queue after you uh, made the decision to go pro? Uh, it definitely leveled me up in the sense that it gave me a better mentality to compete. I don't think that it leveled me up in regards to like my understanding of the game and my knowledge of the game. That actually came from my coaching once I joined my LCS team. And I think that coaching in Academy has gotten better now, but I think that, at least from my experience, it wasn't what helped me develop, really. I think failing in Academy helped me develop my mental, it helped me develop as a player and a teammate, and it helped give me a better sense of knowing how to compete. I think that, that I think that collegiate can actually provide those things though. I think right. that the coaching aspect and being in the scene and understanding like getting advice from like other LCS players that I was around and, you know, other academy players as well even, I think that actually gave me an edge as well. And that's why I think that a split in Academy was Revenge, pretty vital for me. You you praised your LCS coach, but he's in chat right now typing lol in capital letters when you said that so uh he seems to almost think it's a joke that you're making about him actually being a good help for you and you learning a lot is there no, anything I mean, that you would say i don't know i mean he's probably laughing at the fact that i i, I said that I can't, well i mean he's probably just laughing because he's he's remembering how i was from the start of spring spring split to now i, I think there's a pretty big difference to be honest like what happened what's the difference uh, i actually you know i'll tell you i'll tell you guys a story actually sure Tell us a story. Oh, my first, I'll tell you guys a story of my first coaching experience with, with uh, Kyoto. Because obviously I've never even met this guy yet. And we started scrims. 
and <laughs> mucho texto. Uh, that, yeah, that's like actually, you know, we'll, we'll get to that. I think it was our, our first day of scrims that we were playing, and I was just not having a good day. You know, at least like my first three games, I was like, I was really just, I was not having it. It was just a bad day, and. I've never really been coached before, I guess. This is when I really realized that I've never been truly like hardcore coached, right? I we get into a call and he like he takes me he takes me out on the side and he just starts flaming me. And I was just like Holy shit. Okay, I have to start playing good now. He called me like, you know, just he was just calling me out, like for my just shit performance this day. And then I just started playing better. And part of the motivation was just like, yeah, I I mean I don't want to get flamed. Like I, it's, I have to play better, <laughs> and like it, it's just it was good. I I really like, uh, and then he even made up stats. Yeah, like he started going through the games. Like you've died every single game before minute five. Like your CS numbers are this and this, and I was just like, you know, I I believed it because of how you know angry he was. <laughs> he so, just lied. To <laughs> yeah, I believed it because of how angry he was, and then honestly, I just started playing better. Like. Just like that, that that coaching method really helped me out, and I, I thought it was pretty funny to be honest. But but like a coaching style like that is pretty. I wish unique, I guess. But yeah, it's helpful. I get I get why they don't include that in the team documentaries, but I wish <laughs> they did, because like that's the stuff that's really interesting. So like, I think I see uh, Peter from Evil Geniuses in the chat. I'm guessing he doesn't do that. It's hard for, like, I feel like Peter would come in with, like, this very logical, like, all right, so I think that you're doing, you're struggling a bit, and we really need to figure this out, and here's what I've been thinking about, and this is one of the things. I remember I worked at this time with this team, at this, and this was how we were able to work. And it's just, like, it's very funny, because I know that Gyoto is, like, the completely opposite type of person. Maybe Peter does scream at his players, I don't know. But I just wish, I wish that we could see all the different coaching strategies and the different types of coaches there are and how they're all handling stuff. But uh, actually, you know, yeah. I, I like what, I like what Peter said here. My style is different from Gilto, but different styles for different players. Like the thing is, Gilto wouldn't coach every player on our team like he would with me. He just knows that like I can handle it, and he he knows my limits in a way, and he knows how I can receive the coaching and if it will help me or not. So he doesn't just like have he doesn't just start blaming all everyone if they play bad right <laughs> it's kind of like our dynamic of like coach and player but but he said and that it, you, you said this was well. your very first day and you didn't know him and well, he didn't know you so was well, he limit testing you this day he's like he was if he starts crying he i won't do this again he probably like he probably had the idea that i could handle it from just like my personality so he like started limit testing it was like third day. Okay, it was like second. Maybe it was like the first or second day. It was one of our first scrim days. But I mean, either way, I, th I think like that's what makes people good coaches is when they can kind of read the situation and know how you're going to take this. Like if you were really, you know, nervous and scared and he just roasted your ass, like maybe it mental booms you for like, you know, the next week or something. But I think... Uh, he wants to join. He wants to join. Okay, if he's, if he's, I mean, he was in... He was in I don't know if you're... If, if he's in one of the tangent. channels, we can pull him in so that he can he can tell his side of the um, While he's joining, Travis, and you can look at that. Yeah, um, it reminds me, I, I watch a lot of... Uh, I, I love watching, like, pro sports documentaries about coaching staffs and stuff. And they're, they're talking about uh, Bill Belichick. And they said, like, he would often start, like, the year of, like, review stuff by taking some bad game by Tom Brady from the year before and just roasting the fuck out of him 
because it sets the tone that like, listen, Tom Brady is like the greatest quarterback of all time, and I'm going to shit on him. So like, and he's not going to complain. Tom Brady would never like talk back to Bill when he's like popping off like this. And so it just set the tone that like, listen, your coach at some point this season is going to rip you a new asshole, but you're just going to take it because that like, you know, that's that's the culture around there. And so like, you know, I think different coaches have different styles, and like just knowing how you can get the most out of people is, is like Gyoto is half here. of what coaching actually is more than the actual like X's and O's. Gyoto is here. Hello, Gyoto. Yeah, I mean, it's just like welcome under. Shut up. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, Mo Mo is literally like painting me as if like every every time that Mo ints, I'll just yell at him. This is not the case. That situation was Mo and David were screaming with the so the other three players were the academy team, right? Because uh, we had that whole situation that uh, our LCS Jesus team stuff, wasn't yeah. wasn't here and stuff. And I was just watching, and Mo was legit losing, and this was like third day. And Mo, like for the for that, like since the start, kind of, like Joey and Keith were low key smurfing, and Mo was losing every game like on his own, kind of, you know. So I just I just pull out the belt and just gave him a little whip. It's just it's not something that I I will do. Like Mo is painting as if like I'll do this. What? I every, said you don't every do this. single I time, you, you know. I'll, I did okay. it like this time, Mo. Like, hey, okay, no, I no. Said I was hinting. Hey. I said Joey, I was hinting. Hey, tomorrow, Viper plays with us. Like, it's fine. Like, it's. Hey, hey, hey. Okay, you know what? I, I did give you the benefit of the doubt. I said, I said it's like our coach-player relationship, but that doesn't mean he always. He, that doesn't mean he always flames. It's like, it's like. No, I mean, I, need I just it, think, no, when I need for, for example, in the case of Mo, just in the case of Mo, he's like someone that um, it's it, it happens here and there that he will just drop his levels of uh, focus to details if he's not kept in check. So each like two weeks, if that drops a lot, I'll have to keep him in check. But that's that's it, you know. And it got way way better. Like I don't remember the last time that I actually. Flamed you. No, Sometimes actually, I say I like mucho texto. The mucho yeah, texto mucho thing, texto? it's actually. Please, please explain what mucho texto is. Okay, so oh, Mo is a streamer, right? Uh, and his communication, and I didn't understand if this was like his problem or just like NA problem, but he literally describes his game, right? So he says like so many useless shit. And he's in comms, and instead of just like communicating what he has to say, He's just like, oh, this guy just queued on me. Oh, he's going for this creep. I guess I'll just base here. But maybe I'll just... I, I, okay, I'll just cancel my base. And, like, jungler is literally bot side. No one cares. Like, just just do whatever. <laughs> like, and, and then there was one time that I told him that I will describe this from now on as mucho texto, which means a lot of text. And... Uh, I, I and I remember one time we were literally on review, and I think I think Joey that is in chat, he was even there. And I was making a point to Mo, and Mo starts like literally just straight up saying a bunch of shit that are not even related to, to the point. And Mo says literally one thing, and I just go, Mucho texto, go next. <laughs> it's true, it's true. It's true. At the start, at the start. We've improved. Yeah. It's it's been a process. No, we improved. We improved a lot on that. I mean, right. you were, you were remote. 
right? He was he was just narrating like you were a stream viewer, so you knew what was going on. In his I mean, I, like how else how else could he know? He needed to be he needed to feel part of the team. I, I felt like I was streaming to him. You know, he was just yeah. my viewer. He even subs to my stream, so like he's also just a subscriber. Like I, True. it, it kind of need. I, I I couldn't find like a a separation between the two. To be honest, you need <laughs> the name for your subscribers. You start shouting out subs in the middle of a scrim. Re Revenge is just he knows he's an NA player and he's like my future's on the broadcast. All right, this is gonna last for a couple of years. I need to learn how to commentate and analyze, so I'll just do that live. Uh, alarm oh, alarm's man. looking too lonely on the broadcast you know, he, he's <laughs> he's looking way too lonely so uh, i have to but he does this like okay actually travis like so riot did at the start riot did some kind of interviews right and i'm not even joking they asked i don't even remember the question they asked something to mo and no joke he told literally the story of his life they, asked started, you, they, I mean, they didn't ask you, tell us the story of your life. Like, it was literally 10 minutes after when he mentioned, yeah, and I almost got to med school. That was like literally 10 minutes after the question. You know, it's like, I was just sitting there. I think, I think Andre was sitting behind me. And I just hear, like, at some point, I'm, like, speaking, I just hear... You know, like behind me, <laughs> and so I'm just stupid. like, I'm just like, what, the, what's going on back there? And I finished my interview, and he's just like, yeah, we're just never gonna go home, I guess. You know, <laughs> Revenge just wants to tell his whole life story. But I'm pretty sure they asked. I'm pretty sure they asked. That's all I'm gonna say. You know, all that's right. all I'm gonna say. Well, anyway, yeah. thank you, Giotto, for coming on, clarifying. Hopefully, we all gave right, you, you a chance to defend yourself. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Thank see you. Us, Catch you next time. We uh we should do more coach player combos. This was this yes. was very enjoyable to hear two different perspectives on a uh, <laughs> yes on a VOD review. We do have still a caller here, fanboy. Uh, I know you got Yo, way more than you bargained awesome. for with this. Hopefully, this was helpful to you. Got to be with an LCS player and a coach in a Discord call. That was pretty cool. Yeah, very good. Well, hey, uh, I I was gonna, I, I unfortunately I think we're way over time by this call, so we're gonna have to let you go. But is there anything you want to shout out before we uh, go on to our next caller? AG Esports, if you're a coach, uh, some university will pay a lot of money to uh, make their league team good. So go do that. Yes. Thank you, fanboy. Have a good one. All right. Can you, are you going to make Gil Hoto our victory caller of the night? I don't. I don't. I assume they might have a sponsor conflict. I don't want to. Oh, okay. He he would be normally, but I don't know if I can uh, be handing out product to to people with a different different sponsor but if he does want game feel i can definitely get him some all right he was complaining about it in twitch chat earlier actually oh was he okay yeah well, you, you want, next caller if you want game feel Kyoto. yeah that's good uh let's see no 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 new subs in 25 minutes i don't know if anybody wants to sub but uh you got a prime in the chat you enjoyed what you just saw throw it throw out the channel all right mark is grabbing the next caller Revenge, while we wait, one one question. Oh, wait, no, we're good. Jen is here. Jen, where are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling from Montreal, Canada. Montreal. Is it cold or warm there yet? It is warm. I don't okay. know in Fahrenheit, though. What That's okay. The number is. Yeah, honestly, half our audience is from outside the U.S., so if you say Celsius, then they, they would probably uh, Okay, it's like 23. There we go. Okay, what do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, so my take was, as I wrote it, Blabber was elevated too highly by the community and should have been seen as the weak link of the roster going into international play. Blabber's domestic su success was facilitated by the weaknesses of the region, which makes 
which masks Blabber's own weaknesses when compared to international competition. Whoa, this is a hot take. This is a hot take. Wait, okay. Here's so I want to open do. up. Okay, oh, go, okay. Fine. Go ahead. What were you going to say? I want to open up by saying that Fudge actually has more international wins than Blabber does. Yeah, All right. Guess. Here's what we're going to do. I'm preemptively making you the game field victory caller of the night just because this take is uh, really wild, really bold, and interesting to, to, to come in, and you're coming in with fire. Okay. What what do you so is your just I feel free to elaborate without without it being a five minute monologue but I assume you're just suggesting like Blabber succeeds because NA players are bad so he can kind of run over them but if he does the stuff that he well, does in North American international he gets exposed which is potentially what happened here. Well, Blabber is sort of a feast or famine kind of player and like when he does poorly a lot of the time it's because he he's um, focused and or turned his brain off um so most of the time it's also when uh c9 has a weak top side i, I feel like when c9 drafts or plays a strong top side or at least their their top is doing well um blabber likewise has more control over the jungle so um like in all of their losses it's mostly because either c9 drafts uh, a weak top side or um and, and or the enemy top side was able to sort of gang up on Blabber when he ends on a crab or something. So, again, just to recap, Jin is suggesting that the MVP of the league is a liability for his team, and we should have known this going into to MSI. I mean, his his last international appearance was in 2019 Worlds, where C9. Yeah, it's been two years. It has been two years, but that's also the only, you know, data point we have for him. And he did wasn't not that perform the, well. Wasn't that the worlds that G2 made it to final? So if we're using data points from from 2019 worlds, we should be like, well, C9's making it to finals because Perks was able to do it then. Sure. I mean, but all right. Perks also had a bad, a bad tournament as well. I'm saying that Blabber is proven to not perform well internationally. Okay. All right, well, I think this is probably one of the most shit takes I've heard. <laughs> okay. Oh, God. I mean, like, dude, no flame. It's just, like, I mean, first off, first off, the results you're using, like, the stats about the world's wins or, like, international wins is, like, really troll. Especially when you're counting the world's wins that Fudge is playing with Blabber. <laughs> it's just so, fuck. it's just, it just makes no sense, to be honest. And second, I think that Okay, I, I, I could I think you could look at this tournament and definitely agree that Blabber had bad games. Like a lot of players. I mean <clears throat> you can even look at Xiaohu in the game today where he literally was zero five NAR at one point. Like I am just saying, people do have shit games and they do have bad games in you know, really high stake games as well. It happens. I, I think that to judge them as a player just because of a best of one game and just completely disregard his performances throughout all of NALCS and like the last couple of years is pretty stupid to me. I, I think that Blabber also had very good games at MSI that were kind of overlooked because of this dog shit narrative due to him flashing on Scuttlecrab in one game, which was completely stupid to me as well. It's why I also think that there's a danger in broadcast narratives when you look at players and 
highlighting negative things that they do. It's just a community thing, to be honest. Like, to, and I think that you're a victim of it right now by by saying these things. To, to be completely honest with you, and I, I mean, yeah, it's 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 a hot take, I guess. You know, coming in and saying, yeah, I respect that, but I also think that it's kind of a shit take too. You know, I, I think uh, to your point about, I think sometimes what happens is you have a thing that happens early on, whether it be in a player's career or player's season or um, a player's uh, tournament run, and that sort of defines a lot of the parts of it. So, like, Blabber was was super struggling day, like, one, two, and maybe you could say even three a little bit. Um, and I think that made a lot of people be like, oh, he's, he's sucking. And then, like, he, he bounced back a little bit. Then he had some struggles in the Rumble stage again. But to your point, like, he had a great Udyr game. He had a great Volibear game. And I know people always meme his Morgana binding. Uh, but he did have one game on Morgana that was pretty good, if I remember. So, to your point, he had a handful of good games, too. Um, I think it's... Uh, one of the things I didn't like was when people started memeing, like, MVP. Like, uh, you know, his performance in NA is somehow tarnished here. And I mean, people have done that before too. The people like double lift and stuff about uh, his his performance internationally, and then being like, "This is the best marksman North America has," and you can't even do this or that. Um, so I, I do think there's there's some truth to that. That said, the one thing I'll, I'll give the caller credit for, and it's mostly giving myself credit, was I said on the dive heading in to uh, the the group stage even that like blabber was actually my biggest question mark um about how he would perform because of some of that stuff about him being a really aggressive player um and like sometimes getting in over his head and being able to outplay people uh that would be harder to do in north america um i actually said that he was my biggest question mark for the team over fudge and some of the other people um so i'll take a little bit of credit for that but otherwise i agree that i think people have gone way too far um because like some of the mistakes that lost them games, like there was the really late, what like trying to get mid control against, I forget who it was, uh, but like he was standing in the brush and started hitting Leona and stuff. Um, but there are also plenty of games where people, they, they played bad other moments and it wasn't just him and stuff. So, Mark, do you think Blabber was the biggest liability to his team this tournament? It's a loaded question. What do you think he was the weakest performer? Oh, I would probably, I mean, when you're, when you're painting in such black and white, sure. Cause like, so this is, I mean, I'm just trying to, to create a conversation here, right? Cause revenge, right. part of this is like, this is the first time you had a very strong reaction to this. Whereas I have heard over and over from people. And again, I'm not an analyst, so I rely on a lot of other people to say this, that blabber really just had a lot of issues this tournament and you mention it is like to count it off of one best of one but it's like there were a lot of best of ones that they played in and it sounds like you're taking the stance that like he had a couple bad games but actually was pretty okay this tournament so i'm just trying to kind of <laughs> narrow in it's on like just... if mark thinks he was like the worst performer and you're like yeah he doesn't deserve this i don't know this is just it, it, it's just hard it's really hard to judge when it comes to the jungle role, especially, unless you're just looking at like egregious misplays, and okay, you can look at the flat. The, let's let's like even dissect the crab play for example, really quick, right? The way I look at that play from like a laner perspective is, as a Jace, for example, 
I should have crashed the third wave on Nar, and I should be in river with Nidalee fighting Udyr as he's touching the crab, because I know that Udyr is going to be on that crab right away, and he takes it faster than Nidalee. Now, mid-prior was slightly even, both of them are moving, but as a top laner there, you can even look at some of the blame on Fudge, because he was slow pushing on fourth wave, and Nar was contesting him with even CS, and I think that's not how the matchup's supposed to go, right? And as someone who's not advanced, and doesn't understand the game, you're going to still look at Blabber's play, which was bad and risky because he, I mean, obviously it's bad because he died, but when you look at it from Blabber's perspective, he's about to lose that crab. Udyr's going to cross through mid, which has Pryo, and he's going to get the bottom crab. And then Udyr can take over the game from that. If Blabber's playing Udyr and he double crabs there, historically he's taken over many games like that. And, and it is, in this meta, very... It disrupts a lot of the game plan, especially in that matchup. So Blabber wanted to take that risk. I don't respect it. I think that he definitely shouldn't have done it, given the situation. But if he just left there and got double-crabbed and Udyr starts taking over the game, he's going to say... It, people are just going to look at it anyways and say, Blabber's getting jungle-gapped, right? Like, that's why I don't like looking at these performances and of junglers, especially, and just shifting the blame onto one person for a team. There's just so many small things that are happening in the game that are affecting other players in a team that unless someone's just inting, getting solo killed, like down 30 CS as a laner, for example, every game, and it's like so egregiously bad that you can kind of just go, this guy's inting. It's like, it's so hard to say who like the worst performer is unless you're like really going to go through every single game and dissect every single thing and shift the blame onto one person or not. None of us are doing that. So... It's just a team thing. It's it's really not an individual thing to me. This and, tournament, and even to you know back you up on that point too. Uh, Zven in his interviews said after that game that there was miscommunication between Blabber and him about how top lane was going to go. Um, and you know you can like you said adapting the game about it. Uh, <laughs> the funny yeah, thing was can. also you can adapt in the game but like if if you have a game plan and the game plan gets fucked up you're then kind of just ad ad living and being like well I, I gotta get the most out of this somehow otherwise like you said you're gonna fall behind i think it was funny though that in that same interview sven sven didn't really pull any punches for his boy and sven was like yeah our jungler's underperforming or oh, something wait, was, this, was, like, was this the one that i did with sven? i think this is the one that you did right because yeah, he, yeah, he, where he was like he's like yeah jungle got he said something like yeah jungle got caught again or something like that <laughs> yeah was... we had jungle struggled again yeah, i, I yeah, forget yeah. exactly his words but it was uh yes yeah the first uh, interview <laughs> that was when this i think the only one yeah um, uh it was it was um i mean you, you could tell the whole, the whole team was frustrated there though so i, I never yeah. too much. I, I'm, I'm not trying to say blabber played perfect by the way I, i'm just like this is just to like put the water on some of the fire that's trying to basically build this narrative that blabber's the worst player and blabber is the sole reason they've lost all these games because the way I see the community overreact about these things is eventually this is what it leads to. And these kind of things mess with the player's confidence. They mess with the team's confidence in that player. And it sucks, to be honest. I, I've seen it happen in the past, and it's happening now with Blabber. And it's pretty insane, to be honest. But I think that I, I'm not even trying to say he's played perfectly. And I'm not even trying to say that he had a very good performance every game and that he did perform good this whole tournament. Like you just said, his own teammate even said it. He did underperform. Blabber's level of performance is obviously higher than some of the games we were seeing here at MSI. That's just fact, you know. And he should he shouldn't want to look at his level in some of these games in MSI and say, "Yeah, guys, like 
I'm blabber. Like this is how, this is how good I am, you know. <laughs> Obviously not, right? So it's just giving him the benefit of the doubt that he did just have bad games these games. You know, this isn't just him as a player. Like it's not his full potential, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. <clears throat> and defining right. of him as a player. Jen, I know, I know. Revenge had some harsh words for your take, despite being a game. Uh, I, I, I just. But go ahead. I just want to say I don't think Blabber is a bad player. First of all, I, I think he's a very good player. I think he's also very good in NA, and NA just is not a region that is always capable of punishing him when he's very punishable as a player, being the sort of like super aggro at times, um, and and that internationally, international junglers and 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 teams from LPL and LCK can take advantage, and they did in, in some of the cases. And, and, and in a lot of the games, C9 lost as a team as opposed to, as opposed to like, it just sometimes it was just yeah. an early an early game mishap that just ended the game uh, before it really even started. But most of the time, they did lose as a team. I'm, I'm just saying that despite Blabber being MVP, he is also a point of attack for C9 or a point to attack um, on C9, and and that should have made things a little bit. Um, yeah, like red, he, uh, maybe some red flags a little bit. His aggressiveness uh, is punishable, and North America hasn't figured out the best way to punish it. Is what you're suggesting? Right. Yes, you know I could look. I I can see that take and understand it. It's just when you. Especially when it comes to early game and you look at these crab bites, these crab situations, what I was trying to do by explaining, you know, that crab situation that I just talked about earlier was by saying that this is an early game team plan thing. This isn't just a blabber thing. Is what like yes, you can give blabber the responsibility of say being the one who usually makes the early game team plans and that yes, in NA that we're not and not enough teams are punishing these early game team plans that C9 is making. It's just hard for us to know well, you can't actually just say that it's all blabber as a part of these early game plans. Like I was saying, Fudge could have crashed the third wave and he could have been the one in the river, right? Like, it, it's a team plan. And the jungler is... Obviously, it's really glaring when it's a fight in the river or something as, yeah, it's the jungler's fault, but it's the early game team plan that falls apart. And this aggression we talk about that we see that isn't punished isn't punished because the plan of the team isn't setting up to punish it. It's not like... The junglers are 1v1ing or something and like the enemy junglers are punishing this guy's aggression or something it, it, it's like no they're punishing the plan that he was trying to make and yeah the plans are aggressive that's good that's praised uh, you know as us in na we praise c9 for these aggressive early plans or whatever right but it, it's it's that the teams are matching the plans they're, they're figuring out how to actually beat the, their early game is what i'm trying to say it's not only, and that blame shouldn't only be put on Blabber. It should be put on the whole team of C9. So it's not, it's not Blabber and his play style that's exploitable. It's Cloud9's play style that's exploitable because yes. they're playing this aggressive way that other people I mean, can, can figure to, out. To, to give an example from Immortal's own game against C9 this split, I remember uh, it was a game where Xerse invaded onto Blabber and stole his blue buff, and Revenge was playing. Camille and had like I think you had the push and they stole the blue, but then uh, on the way out like Xerxes and Blabber just kind of fought and Blabber just like 
outplayed him. It was it was mostly just like uh, a mechanical outplay and stuff like that. And I think that's a play where like in NA we're like, fuck yeah, blabber, you like you you just beat him up, like good job. But then in international competition, like Canyon's not going to do that if he gets that blue buff. Kane's actually just going to keep keep control of the game usually. And so like. Um, I think those are the kinds of things that happens when you see this discrepancy between a player in NA versus internationally is like the mistakes that people make, not just the plans aren't as good, but like sometimes the mechanics aren't, they don't do the same thing. So like that, that would be an example where I'm like, okay, like internationally, if, if, if the Lilia stole that blue buff there, he probably kind of runs you over the rest of the game. Cause you're Talia, no blue buff. And like, you're just going to fall behind for, from there and you're going to get yeah. tripped. I think he's going to get three buff that game too. If that went through. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think that those things do happen. I'm not even saying they don't. And it, I mean, it literally happened in our own game with my own jungler. So, like, yeah, it sucks. It does happen. But I think in the majority of cases, that isn't the case in MSI. And, and yes, I, I agree with you that the level of play in MSI is really high. It's obviously the best teams from every region. So these mechanical mishaps should not happen on the stage. And they are less likely to, right? So... I think that what we're seeing or what we've been seeing is more or less is less of these mechanical mishaps. It's like to me, it, it seems like a planning thing, and yeah. Thank you, Jin, for the call. Uh, DM me on Discord, and I'll I'll get you hooked up for the the Gamefield victory uh, call tonight. Sure. Uh, is there anything you want to say before we say goodbye? Um, I want to quickly piggyback on the Hunter thing, and I think. He get he gets it backwards. He should we should send amateur and academy teams to Korea, and have them spend the split there, instead of you know pro teams, to to, to future proof. Um, that's just the quick thing. And then the second thing is I want to shout out um, Mark's former roommate Zell. He streams um, hey. Final Fantasy fourteen and anime content weekly. So uh, if you like anime and Final Fantasy fourteen, go check him out. He also has a podcast, not leak related. What so, you know. is Zell spelled? Because people want X E L L. There you go. There you go, Josh. Uh, thanks, Jen, for the call. And He's we'll live right now. No, don't tell them. <laughs> don't tell them to go there. Okay. J. Oh wait, you want to go grab him? Sorry, I almost announced yeah. the next caller. I don't, I'm all over the place. It's been a long day. It's actually been a long day. I've, I went from watching the games in the beginning to doing an interview, only one sadly, to doing hot tub stream with Raz, to doing the Rift reaction show with Emily, which again will come out on Thursday, to now doing Hotline League, and tomorrow is my birthday, so I get to just rest oh, tomorrow. Nice. It'll be good. Okay, uh, Mark is back with. Our last caller of the night, JPWBT. Thanks for making me say each of these letters. What are you, where are you calling from? Uh, you can just call me Joe, but I'm calling from Seattle, Washington. Joe, Seattle, Washington. What do you want to talk about? Yeah, so my take was that um, C9's performance at MSI should be viewed as an overall positive step for NA and international competition. Uh, because really for the first time, a team from NA consistently was competing with and taking games off um, the rest of the major regions. Oh, you so you're kind of doing the the LS grabs thing of like, oh, this was a great performance. Yeah, I haven't I mean, I don't know what they said, but I just think if you look back at uh, 
other top teams from NA, like looking at Worlds, um, the TSM in a tough group, 1-0-6. And just generally NA, although we do are more consistent at beating minor regions, we just never look at competitive at all with the top regions. When did you start watching League competitive? Uh, about four years ago. Okay. Did you watch the last MSI? Yeah, so NA has definitely had like uh, days where they do well, like take a series here and there, but over a consistent tournament, they just do not perform consistently. And so C9, over the course of two weeks, uh, performed against the top teams generally well. Um, so I, I was just laughing because Revenge is Hopium. NA is great Hopium. Uh, <laughs> what do you... No, I'm, I'm sorry, I just... It's... No, 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 you're good. I, I was just wondering, is that you're saying that this take is just uh, some hopium? It's just uh, trying to pump us up? Or do you do you agree with the caller at all? Or Well, I don't agree with the caller saying this is like the best NA's done. I mean, that's just wrong. But um, I, I also don't agree with us really saying this is like a complete positive. Like, I'm sorry, but not being top four at MSI should never be viewed as a positive. I don't really care. Like, <laughs> as like a... As a player who's really driven and competitive, I just don't ever think... Like, if you went and asked Perks right now, Fudge, anyone on C9, are they really going to say this was a success? Like, they shouldn't, you know? If, if, if you're a player who's competitively driven, you're never going to say this is a success. Like, we're, we're never going to actually grow and improve as a region if we look at this result and say, and, you know, like, look at the bright side, guys. Like, gold star, we got top five or whatever, right? Like... I'm sorry. This is just, we should just not do that. Well, we should be a little bit more harsh on ourselves. It's, it's well, not, it's, okay, it's sure. About placing about more the about the results, right? Yes, yes. I mean, okay. Even looking at our our level of play, I mean, I'm sorry, but we lost to Pentanet in a very critical game. Like, just look at that. Like, I'm sorry. Not no 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 offense to Pentanet, but like, you look at their performances against Mad Lions and Damon some of these games, and they're being like rolled over in perfect games. Like, if we as a region want to be like viewed as like you know, as good as EU, as good as Korea, as good as LPL, we can't lose critical games like that to these to, to Pentanet, for example. Like, I'm sorry, but that's just the truth. And and NA, and NA as a whole and C9 shouldn't go look at this tournament and say this was a success. This was an absolute failure. And as harsh as it is, there's no buts, ifs, ends. Yes, they took some games off that They took a game off that one and uh, RNG. And, you know, that's great. It was the best of one, though, you know? And I'm sorry, but I don't think that with their consistent level of performance, anyone would say that C9 would have taken a best of three on those teams. That's just the reality. And when I say that, that's looking at the, the their performance across the entire tournament, right? And, like, I'm sorry, but Damwon's not losing games to to a lot of these teams, you know? Neither is, neither is RNG. Can, like, like, this is just the truth. Revenge, worth pointing out, though, that you're saying, like, yeah... We took a game off RNG, we took a game off Dan one, but they're best of ones. The Pentanet game was also best of one, and you're using okay, that as an example. True, true, true. But my, my point is, is you look at some of these best of ones against th that Pentanet had against these other teams and how hard they got rolled across all the teams. Th that's my point for saying that. I, I mean, I do agree, yeah, they, they lost the best of one to Pentanet, but... But I, the reason I'm using Pentanet as this example is because I feel like all, a lot of the other teams were literally taking turns rolling them. And not just beating them, they were rolling them. It was, like, hilarious to watch. It was like I was watching, like, 
it was like I was watching an LCS team scrim, maybe an amateur team, and just like having fun, kind of. Like it, it wasn't, it wasn't cool. Like it, it was just like this is MSI, you know. And I mean, like no flame to them. I'm like I'm glad they took like I'm glad they beat C9, and I'm glad that they're like they they made it to the you know the second round as as an OS team that has had little infrastructure. Props to them. No flame to to, to Pentana. I, I love some of their players too. They're great guys, but. It's just the reality is that we lost to them in in a very high stake game, in, in a kind of sad fashion too. Like we got we got four dragoned, we got they got four infernals on us. Like yes, it's a best of one, but like that can't happen if we want to look at this tournament as a success. You know, I, to me, I, to me. I, I <laughs> I'm largely in agreement with you. I mean, a, a lot of people talk about um, like the. Even the first time that we beat them, it wasn't as dominant as, like you're saying, these other teams that absolutely rolled them. Uh, and then the second game we lost, and it was not like they coin flipped us somehow. Like they both teams were playing pretty standard team comps front to back, and we just got out yeah. executed, which is uh, pretty surprising. And I think it's extra surprising when you look at, I mean, I know a lot, we're, we're talking about a lot of historical context too. Like, yes, we beat Korea's number one seed and. China's number one seed, and that's something that doesn't always happen. But usually, like we, these other teams do okay against the the wild card teams and and the emerging region teams. And most of the time, they're also better than Pentanet to that point. Once again, no flame to the Pentanet guys, but like Feng Vu Buffalo in 2018 and Gigabyte Marines in, or maybe I'm getting these years wrong, but like those kinds of teams that were the other other people competing were usually better, and we were usually pretty good about beating them. Like. Team Liquid in that 2019 year, they got zero. They got two would by IG, who I think at that time you could argue, as they went nine one in their group, was better than RNG. And SKT, who went seven and three in the group, you can you can debate them versus versus uh, uh, Don if you want. But then we went one and one versus a very good G2, one and one versus Flash Wolves, and then we two would Fung Vu Buffalo in that year, like. That was really, really tough competition. That was a fucking stacked tournament from from the major regions. I would argue those were really good teams. And Team Liquid went four and six. Yeah, they couldn't upset them in the best of ones, but like they got they they got the wins they needed to. And I think that's to your point, Revenge. That like you can't drop the games that you need to win because then this happens and and you get eliminated halfway through day six. You're not even in the competition. <laughs> you know, like because you can't beat the yeah. teams you need to beat. And like I think a lot of teams in the past from North America did that when they needed to, even though they might not have qualified, like they at least beat the teams that, that they should have beaten. And like CLG went seven and three in their fucking groups and defined the meta that year in 2016. Like they, they played the range supports. Everyone had to adapt to range supports. They made finals. Like there's no world which this C9 performance or even like level of play relative to their peers um, would, would be considered one of the, in my opinion, one of the best, best performances or even necessarily one to feel too proud of. I think, you know, if you want to huff some copium, I can agree that like the fact that they could go toe to toe with those teams and beat them in a best of one, uh, and when they're playing well, they can do it. But like, copium. Yeah, that's. I mean, like, I, I'm down to serve some up for people. Like, I think you know, C9 can come back. They can learn. They can improve. They can go to worlds. Um, and we've seen that. You know, when they're playing well, they can they can they can beat anyone there. But, uh, yeah. Fudge? Any, any, uh, really any immortals, any immortals copium. copiums in the chat? Any immortals <laughs> fans copiums in the chat for Worlds this year? Copiums? Oh, <laughs> how tough is how tough is your path? Because we were talking, you weren't on the, the show yet, but we were talking about uh, C9 could just fuck off for most of summer and come back 
for for playoffs. I don't know how tough of a road it is for Immortals, but you guys have a bit of a uphill battle, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't even look at it like that. To me, I, honestly, I'm just going in like I'm going to play really well, and as a team, we're going to play really well, and we'll see how far our consistency will take us. Like, I wouldn't, you know, I'll know like when we deserve worlds and if we deserve worlds i'll know it during the split i'll just know that we're better than every other team and it'll show right so it doesn't concern me it doesn't like i'm honestly just focused about our level of play yeah not not the result well you made the tournament. you made wicked into a fan he's in the chat and he says immortals <laughs> will be the only na team i support next split no problem because he was enjoying how much you were popping off on the blabber stuff so there you go uh joe i'm sorry it's been a tough night for the callers i feel like the callers have been coming in and and mark and revenge in particular have been batting them down uh but joe any any thoughts before we uh say goodbye yeah i just think that uh performing consistently and like actually competing against top teams will be more important to uh, improving towards international success than just crushing minor regions and getting crushed by the major regions like we typically do. Right. Well, we'll see how things go. Uh, Joe, any shout-outs? Oh, uh, shout-out to you and Emily for having what I'm sure will be the most popular podcast on Spotify coming out soon. Nice. So, well, thank you. Uh, thank you for the shout-out. Really appreciate it, and we'll catch you next time. All right, see you guys. All right, so that is the show. We're a little over time right now because uh, Gyoto had to come in and defend himself against the wild accusations being made against him by Revenge. So we <laughs> think think that extends the show a bit past, but uh, we thank him for coming on. And Revenge, thank you for coming on. Uh, anything that you want to shout out or plug, Revenge? Where can people find you? You stream? I don't know. Yeah, I stream on twitch.tv slash revenge. Uh, not as often as during my off seasons, but I'll, I'll be trying to do streams when I can and just my Twitter. That's all. And just support Immortals. We'll do great mm -hmm. to split. Well, as always, you did a great job with the, the Mucho Texto on the show. Uh, Mark, <laughs> what about you? You got anything you want to plug? Uh, no. <laughs> thanks, well, for, thanks, thanks for doing the show, Travis. This is I, great. I've got two. Thanks, Travis. I've got two things to, to plug. One, uh, Rift Reaction, again, come out this Thursday, normally on Wednesdays. Please check it out and uh, give us feedback. I don't know. Emily and I, are, we've been working on it for a while, and uh, definitely think there's way, a ton of things we can do better, and I'd love to hear from you all on how you'd like that show to go. But again, beautiful, sweet, 30 to 35 minutes. I'm not asking you to listen to another two-hour show. But the other thing I'm shouting out, is 32, which is how old I'm going to be tomorrow. Ooh. I'm going to be ancient. Happy birthday. I didn't know Mark, your birthday Mark, was tomorrow. Mark just realizing my birthday is tomorrow uh, on the show right now. When would I When would I have learned that it was tomorrow prior to this? I don't know, in all of our years of friendship. <laughs> When's my birthday? Oh, I know. I'm not going to I'm not I'm not going to let you try to turn this into some sort of little competition mark okay this is not give me out. something give me out it's 9 30 all right i would ever not know that june 29th yeah you pulled up on facebook i can see it in your eyes yeah dude just pull up i'm not i did not pull it up on facebook we're e-famous mark i googled that shit all right 
Google has like oh. a special little thing that comes up where it shows it right Ooh. in the in the feed. Your your face got very bright when you when you started googling that. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have dark mode on Google? No. I need to turn it on. I didn't know you can you do dark mode on Google? Yeah, I have dark mode. Google. This is the best birthday gift you've ever given me. <laughs> All right. right. No, no more blinding yourself. The only birthday gift you've ever given me. Revenge, thank you for coming on. Thanks uh everybody yeah. for calling. Uh this has been Hotline League episode 1 73.